Elastic girl, here comes Elastic girl, stretching her arms. Elastic girl, no one's beyond her reach. Elastic girl. <laughs> <laughs> I flipped it up I on you. I love that. I flipped it you up. You did. On... <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Hey, sweets. Uh, and welcome to another episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. And I am the freezing cold, water chucking, black superhero Zenobia. Ooh, I love it. And I am your very fantastic, cool, daring, telekinetic, flying goddess across the sky, Lenny! (laughs) (laughs) And here on Lights, Camera, Cocktails, Cocktails, we pair amazing cocktails with amazing movies. And tonight is no different, y'all. No way. Oh, wait. Wait. I'm sorry. Tonight is a little different. Because it is sequel month. And so we are on our third sequel movie. And so we decided to pick a sequel that we've never done and something that we've never done. The Incredibles 2. That's right. And it is our first animated movie on the show in all these years. So this is so exciting. First animated movie. Let's get it on. I talked to my friend today and he was like, what movie are you doing? And I told him. And I was like, and I'm like really excited because it's our first like, you know, animated movie. And he was like, I'm definitely going to listen because I love when someone's doing something new. This is new. This is fun. We're in, we've never done anything like this. Mm -mm. So I'm very excited. Yes. Yay. I know. I'm so excited too. (laughs) And what a movie for us to choose for it to be as well. Because this movie is just amazing. Yes. And I think that it's a great add on to our sequel movies. Yeah, I think so too. Because not only is the first one incredible, (laughs) pun intended, um, but also this film doesn't surpass it because both are just so genuinely amazing, but it stands up to the first as well. So that's why we had to add it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so. (gasps) I'm ready to drink. I am ready to get my drink on so hard. Today has been quite a day (laughs) what a day we are here we made it to tonight let's drink tonight we are drinking the incredibles with a frozone assist Ooh. yeah because you know i had to give it up because we love our frozone yes we do obviously so and he in this movie saves the par kids we won't get too much into detail but we had to make a frozen blended drink but keep it in the incredibles great look in their classic red oh yeah yes oh yeah so this tonight we took kool-aid we took tropical punch kool-aid I went ahead and froze it into some ice molds so I could get a nice slushy style uh, grind to it. If you don't do so, you can totally just use ice. Go ahead and make your ice cubes. Get the ice in a blender, and you're going to throw in about, I want to say, two ounces of your drink. I made a large drink of this because I'm just like smooth sipping on it. You know what I mean? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, if you're going to blend it, I mean, blend it, right? So I mean, don't just make one. Who just makes one? Who just makes one? So honestly, I threw in, well, I used six ice cubes, which I am putting it to be about like four to five ounces. And then I added uh, two ounces of white rum. And then I did an ounce of Sprite to top it off. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I did that. I did not freeze the cubes because I was lazy. Mm -mm. <laughs> I wish I did, but either way, it's still good. Um, but I did add a splash of uh, lime juice into it. Ooh, nice. A little kick to it. A little natural a little citrus. kick to it. I like yeah. it. Well, this is like a perfect drink, you guys. Uh, if, if you don't want to, if you're watching it with the kids and you want to go ahead and make it uh, a virgin, you can totally make it a virgin. It makes it super easy. Um, and it's really enjoyable. It's really fun. Are you ready to drink it? I am ready. Here, Here we, we go. go. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Incredibles 2. <laughs> oh. That's good. Innocence. With a little dirty twist in there. <laughs> Not while I'm sipping superhero Zenobia with your black girl magic. Black girl magic. <laughs> okay. That's really good. I like it. It just tastes, it tastes like something like, it tastes like we need to be drinking this in summer. Mm-hmm. It tastes like I need to put a, I need to put a, a, Umbrella in this. That's what I'm missing. I'm, <laughs> Every I'm too lazy to get up, but I need an umbrella. I really kind of want to make it our goal that you, for sequels month, you always put an umbrella in all your drinks. All right. So do you want a little bit of herstory? Yes. Give me that herstory, girl. What are we talking about? We're going to do a little herstory on Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Busted Is he going to bust through my wall? <laughs> so, yeah, um, we have Kool-Aid in this drink, and I've grown up with the classic Drink in the Kool-Aid uh, parody, so I felt like it had to be talked about for sure. And it actually has, like, a decently cool, like, build-up-your-own-enterprise kind of inventor-esque story to it. So I got kind of into it. It was really fun. Uh, it was invented by a man named Edwin Perkins. He was pretty cool. He uh, invented the Kool-Aid. He lived in Nebraska with his family, and they picked up and moved a lot because his dad was constantly uh, moving through and uh, struggling with jobs. Uh, this was in, like, the 1860s, and they decided to... S Excuse me, when? 1860. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I his... was thinking, like, it was the 70s or some shit. <laughs> no, no, his, this dude's story goes, like, super back in Nebraska, it was called Henley, and his dad opens up this really cool little general store, and they're getting these really neat concoctions from all over. His dad is constantly traveling. His mom would work in the store with the kids. He started working there when he was 11 years old, and they would start picking up, and salesmen would come and bring products, right? So a friend of the family was always introducing them to really cool stuff that they found on the road, and he brought back Jello. 
J-E-L-L-O. <laughs> it's alive? Jello? Yeah. So Jello, <laughs> yeah. So in the early 1900s, Jello's around. It's making, it's it's really popular. Um, it was, it was like fancy back then. Mm-hmm, people loved it. And he was, Edwin was obsessed. He was working the penny candy counter uh, at the time oh. in the family store. And he was obsessed with it. He started licking it, you know, classic dip and sticks, like trying it. He was like, whoa, <laughs> this is amazing. And he realized and broke down all of the ingredients and all the, uh, you know, all of the things that made up Jello. He started breaking it down to figure out what he could do with it because he became this little inventor. He would get these uh, sample packets that he would build. He was into like inventing, putting things together, anything he could get his hands on. And he got really focused and intrigued with Jello and the compound of Jello. So then this fun little snack comes out called Fruit Smack. And they're like little gummies. It's called the <laughs> yeah. Fruit Smack. It comes out. So in the early 1920s, he takes Fruit Smack because it's one of the biggest things out there. It's selling pretty good. And he breaks it down and he finds out that uh, there are these specific components within the uh, fruit smack that he can dehydrate so that it can become an instant success and an instant like juice snack or uh, of some kind because he's trying to make his version of like a drink but with jello because he's still obsessed okay. with jello and the six delicious flavors that they offered. He like tried every single one of them, broke it down. He introduced the jello formula mixed with the fruit smack formula dehydrated so he could get this instant fruity flavors that we have. Boom. Wow. I know. Okay. It's pretty crazy. Jello. Jello. <laughs> jello. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so so he mixed the right dextrose, citric acid, tartaric acid, all the favoring and all the food coloring, and that's what we have here. Well, that was the original Jello, and I believe the only thing that they've changed is they're not doing uh, added flavoring anymore. They're trying to use all natural flavoring. Okay. It's still pretty much sugar, though. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. I added sugar anyway. That's they, what, that's in the recipe, they, add, they suggest you even add sugar to it. I didn't actually add that much. I added honey to mine i did add sugar to the making of the kool-aid because mm -hmm. i knew i was going to use all of it mm -hmm. but i did add simple syrup to the, the mixture in the blender oh yeah. okay good good tip little good tip i did honey to mine because i didn't want to add too much sugar because the kool-aid i feel like is already pretty sugary to me so I like, no, if I'm going to do the Kool-Aid, I'm going to do the Kool-Aid. I get you. I got you. I just, I love me some honey. You know what I'm saying? Give me some honey. And I haven't made Kool-Aid in a very long time. I didn't even know what aisle it was on. I was like, fuck, where's Kool-Aid at? I don't even fucking know. <laughs> Wait, should I tell my Kool-Aid story? <laughs> oh, my God. Please tell your Kool-Aid story. So, um, it's the middle of the pandemic, you guys. And you know me. I'm already hilarious looking in my usual getup. So, I get a lot of attention. And there's not a lot of people at the grocery store at like eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> so i'm looking for kool-aid and i couldn't find it either i thought it would be in like a the juices aisle or something couldn't find it i it's wherever like country time or like uh nesquik it's in like the powdered section that's where i found it I finally find it and I'm like, oh my gosh. I pick up the packet and I am I thought it was Tropical Punch. So I pick up Tropical Punch, but the packing is blue. And I'm like, oh my God, if this drink comes out blue, it'll ruin everything. I mean, it'll be Frozone's definite drink then at that point. But yeah. mm -hmm. I was like, it can't be, right? And I was like, oh, how do I know? Like, 
What should I do? Should I buy cherry? Oh, cherry is disgusting. That's not like the good Kool-Aid flavor. Like it's got to be tropical punch. And I'm freaking out. And I don't know if I was, I thought I was having this dialogue in my head, but it seemed as though I was having it out loud because a guy comes up and he's like, hey man, don't worry. The Kool-Aid man holds the drink for you. That definitely comes out red. (laughs) And he was so true too. Cause like the one was red and then I picked up pink lemonade and it was pink. And then I picked up grape and it was purple. And I was like, oh my God. The Kool-Aid man. hacked the Kool-Aid code. <laughs> the Kool-Aid man. Thought? He has your back. Don't even trip about it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, getting back on track. That's my little Kool-Aid story. I, I love that. I, I, love, I love that the guy had to help me. I was like, thanks, dude. <laughs> so, officially, after he gets his exact formula from the, snoot, the fruit snack dehydration with the Jello components... Uh, he opens up in 1927 the first display and the first creation of his Mr. Perkins favorites, Kool-Aids, which were cherry, grape, lemon, orange, and root beer. Ew. Root oh, beer? I was like down. I kind of want to try it. I I'm, w- never, I'm just like, I've never seen I, it. It's just not a fruit. I just, you know. No, for I sure. No, no, no. I totally get you. But it, I would be intrigued. I would be intrigued. Well, keep an eye out there. Is no, it still on the list? It's, it's not on the market too. anymore. It must not have tasted good because it would have yeah. been still there. It's true. It's true. Any listeners? The rest of the ones you named are still there. Yes. And they added strawberry later, which we still know. And they've added pink lemonade, which it was two for $3 at my grocery store, so I got it. But anyway, so he would have all these wonderful flavors. We got our Kool-Aid guy. Oh, yeah. Our Kool-Aid guy. Not until the 50s. Oh. Kool-Aid was... Kool-Aid was actually originally K-O-O-L-A-D-E, Kool-Aid, like that. Mm-hmm. Well, they trademarked it in 1928, but then they had to change it because the government regulators complained that aid was re- was reserved for actual fruit juice products. And since this was an artificial fruit flavoring, it had to be an aid, like A-I-D. So then they changed it again, and they uh, trademarked it in... Uh, 1928 as well because it happened within the same year the government's like no shut it down they shut them down quick okay yeah. so which in all fairness name come from though the name kool-aid he yeah. had like so this guy he he was an inventor so he had a whole bunch of really diff like he he would basically have the same type of names for everything and so jello because it already had like a dash kind of feel like gel o then he did nix o which was like a whole different thing it was a tobacco remedy that he was uh advertising to help you quit the addiction of, of nicotine he made oh, a yeah he okay. made a component called nixo Nixo. Uh, yeah so he he had all these like different little names like that and uh it turned out that he just really liked the name cool aid with a K. Okay. With a K. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty neat. That's crazy. I didn't I know, know it was that old. Yeah. It goes way, way back. And we still get to appreciate it today. Um, it's still a staple for sure. Okay. Well, thank you for your horror story on fucking Kool-Aid, yo. So are you ready? Yeah. <gasps> yes, I'm ready to drink, drink, drink. Let's get that drink, drink, drink. Are you ready for 
the motherfucking drinking game. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm so excited. So this is the motherfucking drinking game. So you're going to take one simp when someone says superheroes or supers. Oh, my God. Okay. So they say it quite a lot. Um, Save the supers. Yeah, especially uh, Winston. He's always talking about superheroes. Like, he is all on them. (laughs) My dad, he loves superheroes. He used to, he even had the red Batman phone in there. Like, he's just so about it. Winston. Also, uh, Evelyn Dever, she says it quite often, too. Mm-hmm. She would have just went to the safe room instead of relying on the superheroes. Yeah. Like, boom. Okay. So you gonna take a simp? Oh wait, wait. So sorry. Really quickly though, we have to say I, I, I know I'm such a bitch. But when Violet says, "I hate superheroes," and I renounce, and she turns it off. That's a big one. And then the arms of the suit come up. And like, <laughs> yep. Love that part. And, and, and then even when, like, they realize that their parents are in trouble, she's like, here, put your suit on. And he's like, I, th- I thought you renounced superhero. Yeah, well, I renounced my renunciation. Put that on. <laughs> I love her. I love that one. Thank you. You gonna take a simp every time Jack-Jack uses a different power. Every time he uses some of his powers, pew, pew, he's like, laser eyes, pew, 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 pew. (laughs) Question. How many did you count in the film? Because after watching this again and watching Auntie Edna, how many did you get? Okay, overall, Jack-Jack has 17 superpowers. 17, I knew it. He had to have more, okay. Most for any superhero in the movie. They are the following multiplicity then there's a demon transformation where he turns into that weird little demon oh my god that purple weird fire de- demon dude no he turns into the little purple demon oh yeah looking thing but he gets like a little he sometimes gets a little like mohawk flame yeah. or whatever on his head when he goes demon it's kind of cute oh because then he erupts into full fire uh-huh. that's one of his powers yeah for sure. so this power uh appears to be triggered when he gets angry that's when he turns into a little demon Especially when he doesn't get his cookie. He could turn into like hu- a human, uh, like titanium style where he gets like metal. Oh, yeah. He goes full titanium. He can carbon copy. He can carbon copy, yeah. He could do the laser eyes. He can float. He could go into, disappear and go into another dimension. Jack Jack can, he can walk through walls and he could grow many feet taller than he really is. He turns all gelatiny. Oh, he can turn into other things because after he meets Edla Mode, he turns his hair into looking like her. Remember? Yeah, he has super strength. Got some lawn chairs like it was nothing. So I'm sure we're missing some more of Jack Jack's powers, but that's the gist of them. And yes, you are also counting uh, the Jack Jack short. Jack Jack has powers? We know. Right now, talk later. Talk later. It's like, damn, let the mom, like, deal with the fact. (laughs) Well, she had a process that you guys all got to have Laser Baby and give him cookies. You guys all get the ideas of shit. 
Now Even Edna knows what's up. Knock out one of cookies. Knock out one of cookies. Knock out one of cookies. Okay, so you're going to take a simp when Screen Slaver is said. Screen Slaver interrupts this program for an important announcement. They say his name a lot. You're going to take a simp since he is our, they are our villain. You're going to take a simp when you see a TV screen. So this is oh, wow. like in the beginning when they're all having dinner and Dash is like, can I be excused? And he just like jumps on so you can watch TV. In the motel room. In the motel room. This is... Ooh, the um, really nice TV at the new house. Yeah, this is Bob, you know, finally getting some time to fall asleep in front of the TV. This yeah. is Jack-Jack looking at it and mimicking it with the raccoon and the robber, Ooh. you know. Yeah. These are all the screens that they look at um, on the news or when they're looking at footage or when the screen flavor. Oh, Winston's wait. party. Oh, my Winston's God. There's those party. God. So anytime you see a screen, you're going to take a simp. Take a simp. And there's quite a few of them, so get ready for the samping. You're going to take a simp when Dash runs. So anytime he has to, like, like where he runs and he saves the old lady, and she's like, thank you, and he, like, fixes her glasses for her. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I do like it in the first one where he's like at the track meet and he's running and he's winning. They're like, slow down, no, 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 just a little bit. Okay, wait, wait, yeah, just let him, yeah, get second place, second place, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. That always makes me laugh. And then the guy in the bleachers, he's like, what is going on? Why are you telling him to like slow down? Slow down, slow down. Yeah, that just makes me laugh because I know if I was Dash, because I ran track like from elementary school through junior college and yeah it, it was me i would have just been like i would have slowly just been the best all the time and then like my senior year i would fucking kill and i would get all the scholarships to anywhere i wanted to fucking go because i could beat anybody i go to the olympics i would do everything hell yeah <laughs> you would do it all yeah well cheers but, to dash cheers to dash 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 hundred yard dash <laughs> You're going to take a simp when Violet goes invisible. Ooh. So anytime she goes invisible, like where she's on the cruise and she's looking for her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to take her partially invisible. Like when where she gets... she's. No, like where she's like really sad. Helen's like, and oh. how was Violet's date? And she's like crying and she's walking. She gets the ice cream out of the fridge. And she's like, yeah, it was good. And oh. She's good. And she's like, ooh. It like walks off. I'm gonna take that too because she's pretty much invisible. She just didn't want yeah. him to see that she was crying. Was I like know. So I probably would have probably gotten in my suit. I'm like, I'm a cool superhero. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to take a simp when someone is brainwashed. So if you see <gasps> the reporter when he's looking at the teleprompter and he gets hypnotized. Or Hypnotism. when Helen ends up putting on the glasses or when Bob or Lucius or anybody ends up getting the glasses on, you gonna take a stamp because they all hit Yeah. Me. I like that. You're going to take a simp 
every time you see Elastigirl stretch. And I'm really thinking of the scene where she's like spider manning through the city, like. Ooh, and she's like separating herself yeah. in the bike because it can go. Oh, I love that. Oh, part. yeah, like, that's Whoa. right. Super dope. So, so cool. Anytime Elastigirl does what Elastigirl do, that's what you're going to do. She, that's what you're going to do. I'm going to take a sip. You're going to take a sip. Take a sip. You're going to take a sip when Bob tries to help the kids. So, this is him trying to help with the new math. Which he does end up, you know, figuring somewhat out. Um, and this is him taking Violet to the diner. Oh, my God. The happy platter. How does she not turn herself invisible after she shoots the water out of her nose? She's like, she's I would not always immediately... dripping or something like that. Like, so fucking. Dad, shut This up. is great water. Excellent water. It's really good water. It's very refreshing. Spring water, is it? I don't know, sir. I think it's tap. Well, it is very good. Excellent tap water. (laughs) (laughs) He tried. He tried. Dashel Parr, just shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) We want want the booth by the philodendron. The booth's (laughs) over there near the philodendron. Good, right? Near the Philadelphia. <laughs> He's like trying to be the coolest dad. The, in the coolest world. dad. Which like he tries really hard and he's he's okay at first, like making the usual bad choices, but Jack Jack just gave him a run for his money. Yes, that was that's so why unfair. I'm, all, I'm also counting him having to deal with Jack Jack, so every time he has to I mean, I guess that goes with Jack Jack using his powers. But anytime I like where <laughs> my favorite is it's when my... he's reading the book and Jack Jack's like sitting on his chest <laughs> and he's falling asleep and he hits him in the face. like, psh, psh. And He's like, oh, yeah, because <clears throat> babies do that shit. They know you're falling asleep and they'll hit you. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's a sweet. He's a sweetheart. He's a good dad. So any of And he's those. just like. He does, I mean, obviously we all know why he does it for Helen. Like, he lets her go off to be, like, strong and beautiful as a, as a superhero that she is. I, I know part of him wants to prove to her that he can take care of their kids, though. He can be the super dad as well. Like He's like, I have to su- I've got to succeed so she can succeed so we can succeed. Can, can succeed! succeed. <laughs> and, like, seriously, I know that this is made now i doubt a husband from the 1960s was thinking or saying any of that shit but it's good (laughs) to see it now Uh, Mm -hmm. because yeah being in a marriage or a relationship you only succeed together if one of you guys succeed and the other one's not supporting it then why do i have you it's like having a kid i already got she already got those (laughs) Mr. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. No theme songs or I'm turning this boat around. <laughs> I, I love, love that, that too. <laughs> Why not? I wanted more theme songs. Um, I know. Elastic Girls So you're going to take a sip when Chuck Chuck needs a cookie. Need a cookie, Chuck Chuck. Nom nom cookie. Nom nom cookie. No, no cookies. I know. <laughs> and that was not playing. She's like, I don't, I don't give a shit. You do not need cookies. As I learned quite painfully last night, any solution involving cookies will inevitably result in the demon baby. 
I will <laughs> bait you with a cookie, but you ain't getting it. <laughs> num num cookie. <laughs> that part gets me every time. Every <laughs> time. <laughs> so funny. I wonder. <laughs> but I can't keep giving him cookie. <laughs> he was so stressed. <laughs> I know. I know. Lucius. I'm going to call Lucius. Lucius. Don't call Lucius. Yeah. I'm calling Lucius. I'm going to call Lucius too because he's, why not? I really wish we got more of those calls with his wife because we only, it's, I mean, it's a very special scene when we get to have it, mm-hmm. especially in the second one. Uh, <laughs> but I wish we could get more, just like a, a little bit more into Frozone's life. But I like it. He's this—he's a superhero that you—you you don't get to see his other side. Like he keeps his secret identity very secret. Like very secret. But very also, secret. He's not the one. He never gets in trouble. It's always no. like he's always out. He's like, oh, he's a black guy. He's like, oh shit, the popo coming, and he's just shh, shh, he just ices away. But I mean, it just leads a trail. Lets everyone know who it was, though. They were like, I'm pretty sure this was Frozo. How do you know? Because there's a boat frozen on the dock right now. Like, <laughs> it was Frozo. It was Frozo. It was here. <laughs> nom nom cooker. Nom nom cookers. Okay. So you go finish your drink when Helen makes the call and says, This is Elastigirl. I'm in. Cool. Which, which is a callback to the first one where he was like, this is Mr. Incredible. This is Mr. Incredible. I'm in. I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Ooh, maybe the next one is Frozone's. Ow. He's like, this is Frozone. Uh, ice to meet you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I haven't That's heard that one. one before. That's what he says, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yes. So when she says that, you go finish your drink. Um, All right. You go finish your drink. When you meet the other heroes. So this is when Helen comes in and she meets Void. And she's like, hi, I just like, get it together. Like, she's just too much. I love her. (laughs) Just get it I just, yay me. Yay me. Yay me. (laughs) I know. If there was any superhero in this movie that was like Miss Linear, it's definitely Void. It's definitely Void. It's definitely Void. I think I'm definitely a Frozone, man. He's chill. He's cool. He always comes at a good time. He always leaves at a good time. And you need when you need him, he's there. Boom. Yeah. And he lives his own life with fucking honey. Hell yeah, he's with chilling. honey. Um, you go finish your drink when they all go to the movies. So this is when the her date finally happens and he gets in the car and he's like, are we all going? He's like, yeah, we're all going. You know, he's like, we're just going to sit on the other side of the theater and not watch you. Oh like <laughs> super incredible. Mr. Incredible is crazy. They're not, go- they're just dropping us off. Like she was not happy. I love it. It was the best. And then they hear it, so they all look at each other, and poor Violet's Stop like, the car. Here, get me some food and some tickets to get us a seat about eight rolls back. I'll be right back. And then she just... Da-da-da-da-da. Yep. Uh, even Jack-Jack in his little, like, the carrier seat in the back's like, let's do it. I mean, he was like that <laughs> at the beginning and the end of the last one, where he's just like... And the end, I He was know. like, I know. Auntie Edna made me a fucking costume. I better put this shit on. I got a suit. 
I know, except they keep on breaking the fucking screen. <laughs> she couldn't. <laughs> okay, so do you have anything to add to this super cool motherfucking trigger game? I really like it when people are like, is that Elastigirl? Elastigirl! Like, when people notice it's her, and they get, like, when the ambassador, like, Elastigirl! And she, like, runs over. Keep saving the world! I just, I love it when just people naturally in the habitat see her, and, like, they're so excited to see it. They're like, it's Elastigirl! So, I don't know. Take a little sip to when they recognize the queen, for sure. yes. Okay. I like that one. like it? Okay, good. All right. Okay. That is the motherfucking drinking game. Yes, I. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that was so clever. <laughs> Cheers oh, that was so good. See, I liked that. Cheers okay. to the motherfucking drinking game. Right. Are you ready for the stats? Give me those stats, stats, stats. I want those stats, stats, stats. I've been waiting for those stats, stats, stats. Give me that stats, stats, stats. You know, when you think about stats, I honestly think that you're just like throwing the box office money on me. <laughs> like a money gun? Is that weird? Like that's, yeah, like that's my visual for it. Like, and if anyone, I really wish that, I, like if when you hear people, when I sing stats, stats, it's just the box office money and Zenobia's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Not all the time, but you know, on those special occasions. Stats, stats, yeah. stats. All right, well, I'm going to give you some stats. All right, so Incredibles 2 came out June 15th, 2018, baby. The budget for this movie was $200 million to make this sequel, okay? Um, so if you wanted to make this movie in 2021, it would cost you $211 million. Um, but this movie and all that money was not in vain because it made over $1.2 billion worldwide. Boom. Billion with a B, bitch. Billion with a B. Billion with a B. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there was no problem for this movie getting their money back. And then some, and then some, and then some yeah. more. So, yeah, we don't have too many billion dollar movies on our list, yeah. but this one is definitely it. Um, so if you translate that into 2021 money, it'd be over $1.3 billion. Damn. So, Damn. They made some money. Hopefully they want to make another one and I will give them money. Yes. I'll They're going to have to make an Incredibles 3. For sure. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics. 93%. I knew I had to. I, I, yeah, I figured. Yeah, I'm. Okay. I do want to point out that the Incredibles, the first one got 97%. So. What? <laughs> this one isn't up to par. Oh, another pun intended. <laughs> um, seriously, par family. Is it because a list Elastic Girl is uh, the main character, and that's why you had to shave five percent off? Is that five percent all the like misogynist men out there? What is going on? I need to calm down. Wait, hold on. Whoa, I do want to say that probably. I don't feel like critics like sequels. So they ever, they don't ever really. 
but I could be wrong. I love, you know, I am the queen of sequels. I love. Oh, I know you do. I love adding on to a story that I already love. And I love that I don't have to waste time learning about these characters and we could just get into it. I already you know, did that in the great first movie. And now we can just dive into just like the real shit. Yeah. Let's talk about sequels. If they're done right. That's exactly. The, the character development is already there. Now we get to have fun. Okay. And we got this diabolical, awesome villain. Yeah. We... That is, it's very deep-seated. And I really like it when villainous uh, characters are made because heroes are there. And that's where it all stems for her, is that a hero was there. You can't take care of yourself. And that's why I fucking hate heroes. Our sweet parents were fools to put their lives in anybody else's hands. Superheroes keep us weak. Mm. Heroes, and you're like, oh shit, she's Damn, really. <laughs> she's she's real about yes. this shit. Okay. She's real. So, audience, eighty-four percent. Whoa, <laughs> what? I oh that. For once, the critics are closer to the answer. 84% fuck off. It's Elastigirl. I I this is I'm putting it into this. If I were to read all those comics, they do not like that the majority of the film rests on the strengths of a woman superhero. I I I guarantee it. I am not saying I didn't read the reviews on this one because it didn't matter to me because I know how much I love this movie. Um but I would not be surprised I don't like how they demasculated a man and made him stay home and do women's work. I don't like that, you know, he doesn't. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some on there. I'm sure. Maybe not necessarily the critics, obviously, because they give it a 93. But you're right. Just stupid people on there. Or whatever yeah. whatever reason they don't like this one. I don't understand because personally, I like this one more than the first one. And I yeah. like the first one. I really, really love lo the first one. I've always loved exactly. the first one. Ride or die, but I've wanted to see what Jack Jack could do for 14 years. Exactly. Oh my God. Let that sit with you guys. She has been waiting <laughs> this whole time for that. Like, the how, uh, that's beautiful. And seriously, we all have. We all have. No, yeah. I honestly, the formula for this, this film was spectacular. Give me your, what is your ZZ Fresh? ZZ Fresh is 99%. I think this movie is amazing. Um, I don't oh. know what that 1% would be. Probably because I've kind of figured out who the villain was quite early. Yeah. Um, but it's a kid movie, so I can't fault you on that. You know, you don't want to blow kids' minds on this shit. <laughs> but, uh, I think that the graphics are even better than the first one. Um, the story is awesome. Like I said, we get to see Jack-Jack do Jack-Jack shit. Something I've been waiting for yeah. for 14 years. As soon as I saw him go crazy um, on Syndrome when he was like, had him in the air, I was like, oh, we got to talk about what he can do. Like, whoa, <laughs> I want to know. And we got to mm -hmm. find out. And so that's all I'm happy. I'm happy that, you know, the woman wasn't left at home this time and she got to leave and be the face and the badass of the family. I loved that. 
Bob was nice enough and strong enough of a man to realize that it was her time in the sun and that he had to hold his shit together, even though he's not happy about it. And especially when she calls and like rubs it in his face, like I fucking stopped a train. It was a, he stops with zero casualties, zero casualties. And if it was him, there would have been a couple and the buildings would have been rubbled. And you know, we, we've seen how he stops trains in the first one and it made, and it got him in trouble it was like the the end yep. of the end. So I just, I appreciated the writing, the art of it, everything. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I like it more than the first. I'm going to give it, I mean, the Lenny Zest right here is 100%. I'm not even, I, I do also agree with you. Uh, I wished that the... The track to get to the bad guy would have been a little more muddled. I think it was definitely like that for kids. I remember my my niece watching it and she was like, <gasps> like, what? Oh my God, 100%. The writing was spectacular. Uh, every character had so much more to build on from what we already learned from in the first movie. Um, they had so much more to be able to work with. The CG was incredible. Like you can't, we'll get into it in a little bit. It, it was too good. They spent so much time, and you got to give it to Bird. He started writing this in 2008 when the last one ended because they had the demand for it. They immediately said, we have to have an incredible suit. And he's like, I'm not going to make it unless it's going to be really effing good, and I, I can like it. And I love that he was able to write this story during that time that is empowering to women, like to see yeah. a female superhero finally get her day and be like, leave the job to the man? Come on, ladies. Like, that is exactly. <laughs> one, I love that you quoted that because they do bring that clip back in mm-hmm. this one, too. Leave the leave the work to the bin? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I love it. I loved this movie. I love this movie. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's fun. You're right. I just need to get over that. It's 100. What am I saying, girl? It's 100. No, 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 no. I, I completely, no, because you do like complex theory and mystery stories. If anyone knows Zenobia, that's, she loves those types of books. Yeah. Um, she's a very avid reader of those type, type of styles of books. I really appreciate about uh, Zenobia is that she always does like the, the, the thrill of figuring out and breaking it through. And I do too, but you like especially seek it out. So if you're going to get like kind of a simplistic thriller uh, mystery, it, she's not going to be as challenged as most adults would be, but she recognizes that. You you recognize I that do. it's a kid's movie. I, I do. Maybe that's just a, a, a nice critique. I think if that's going to be a critique in a movie, I, I that's honest, and that's real, and I'm sure that Brad Bird would completely agree with you. He's like, no, no, yes, of course. Like, I could, he, I, he probably could make the most fantastic. I don't know why we haven't seen a, a thriller from I, him yet. He is so honestly. complex. I just love him. Okay, so you gave it a hundred. I'm gonna keep that ninety nine, but it's teetering on that hundred though, because I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, it, I love. It. But that is the stats. 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 Gonna make a stat, 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 yeah, stat, 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 stat on you. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, so I'm gonna give you what you want. Oh my god. Give me what I need, girl. That's (laughs) give me what I need. It's time for the AKAs, girl. AKAs are my faves. So AKAs is the title of this movie in different parts of the world. 
So grab your drink and come with me as we travel the world and find out about Incredibles 2. So, oh, wait. No, no, no. Do not pass up this moment of, I can show you the world. <laughs> AKA is even better than mm. USA could ever name me a film. <laughs> AKA's. You give me such a thrill. <laughs> that was good. I like it. Okay, so travel with me to Belgium, where this movie is called Phenomenal 2. Wait, the first one was Phenomenal? And the Mr. Phenomenal? Mr. Phenomenal. <laughs> Mr. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. No. Yes. No. <laughs> um, the majority of it of the titles around the world is Incredibles 2 or The Incredibles 2, even though in America we're just Incredibles. The is for the first one. Yeah. Um, but some of them were like The Incredible 2, like not Incredibles, mm. Incredible. So there's those. So it kind of leaves it as like they're the duo when it's a family superheroes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Phenomenal. So if we went to Croatia, it'd be Deliverers 2. Deliverers? Because they deliver us from evil. I don't know. Maybe. From evil. From evil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you go to Czech Republic... It would be amazing to oh, amazing, Mister Amazing, Mrs. Amazing. Amazing. I don't know now. I don't know if that's like what they changed their names to. Like he's Mister Amazing. I don't know all that. I don't know. Mister hmm. Amazing, Amazing. <laughs> Finding the bad guys. Pow, 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 pow. I can see it. I can see it happening. Mr. Amazing. I can get down. Okay, Chuck. I see you. All right. Well, let's head on to Finland. Ooh, Finland. Where it is called Wonder Family 2. And Wonder Family was another one that was uh, used a couple times. Oh, like the Oneaters. The Oneaters. The Oneaters. The Oneaters. Like, I wonder what happened to the Oneaters. Exactly. <laughs> the one, the wonder, wonderfuls. Wonder. The Wonderkin family. family. So if you go to Hungary, they're called the Incredible Family too. Oh, close. The Incredible Family. I like that they yeah. give it a family esque to it. It's the Incredible okay. Family. This one, if we head on over to Japan, they call this movie Mister Incredible Two. So it's just about Mr. Incredible and his family. <laughs> I don't know how that how you would feel about that one in this one since it, it should Classic. be like Elastic Girl. <laughs> Elastic Girl. I really wish that in the bag there could have been like she had made the new the new costume for Elastic Girl and that's what Violet gives her mom and her mom's like, "Oh, you brought this one." You know what I mean? That would have been 
Because she is. She is Mr. Incredible's wife, Mrs. Incredible. But... But she's but a last. She's wearing her Elastigirl, but not even her no. traditional girl Elastigirl outfit. I feel so one. dark and angsty. No, which I don't really like. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't really like it either. Galbaki. But it made her booty. Elastigirl is in Galbaki. <laughs> Can I give you a fun fact about that before I move on? Yes, please. I <laughs> I'm dying. Galbaki was supposed to be actually a character in this movie, um, but he was cut for time. And but you do get to still see him in this movie. He is the owner of Mr. Incredible's Incredible. Um, <gasps> and you see him when he's like on his little sexy date next to the car and then the car takes off and, and he hides behind the girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, classic. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's Galbaki. That's but we just don't we just don't know. Damn. Like, Fun fact in your, in your face. face. So if we went to Latvia. It would be called Great Two. Oh, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Great Two. Oh, okay, but yeah, okay. it's just great. Great. <laughs> so I guess the first one was just called Great. I really like to think of it like that. That's great. <laughs> great. How? Oh, hey, I went to go see Great last night. How was it? It was great. Great. It was great. It was actually great. <laughs> um, if you went to Lithuania. It will be called Unreal 2. Yeah, most most film unreal. is unreal. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I know, you can say that about anything. Uh, unreal. Even like, movies that are based okay. on true stories are unreal. <laughs> you can never call anything else unreal again because the unreal film is the unreal. <laughs> um, if you went to Portugal... This movie would be called Incredibles 2, The Superheroes. Oh, I like that. So they just add a little bit. Yeah. So we headed on over to Slovakia. This movie would be called Family of Amazing 2. Oh, so they're down with the Amazings too. Okay. Yeah, I kind of like the Amazings. Yeah, me too. I'm digging it. If we went to Serbia, it would be called... Unseen two. Now that makes me seem like you're talking about Violet or Exactly. You're talking about how like they have to be unseen because they have to go underground. They can't they can't be seen. Superheroes unseen. Unseen two. Unseen behind the scenes. That should be like the mockumentary that they make. (laughs) Unseen behind the scenes. What it's like to be Violet Parr. I know. AKA Invisible Girl. I know. They don't have superhero names. They don't. If we headed on over to Sweden, it'd be called Superheroes 2. Just superheroes. Okay. <laughs> if we went to Taiwan, this would be Superhuman Special Attack Core 2. What? Say it one more time because I'm obsessed. <laughs> Superhuman Special Attack. Superhuman Special Attack Core 2. What? That's the best. Thank you, Taiwan. Thank you. <laughs> Taiwan. It's a mouthful. Epics. Superhuman Special Attack Core 2. I think I'm going to say that now all the time. Uh, did you hear that they're going to be making a new a new Superhuman Special Attack Core 3? There's going to be a 3. Like <laughs> I'm obsessed. Special Attack. When they 
When they ever announce that there's going to be a three, I need you to text me that name. Immediately. Superhuman Special Attack Core. Three. Three. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed. Thank you, Taiwan. That one was Thank epic. you, Taiwan. That Thank one you. is definitely my favorite That's one. That's definitely on the, the top. The Amazings are amazing, but this one is choice. I mean, Family Amazing, uh, Family of Amazing, I like that one too, but yeah. definitely the super whatever. Um, <laughs> Superhuman super Special human Attack Core. Attack Core 2. <laughs> I'm going to say it all the time now. Like when I make coffee and my dad's like, hey, thanks for coffee. I'm like, superhuman, special attack core. <laughs> and he'll be like, what? Be like, what? And I'll be like, Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in Taiwan, you know what I was talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I'm Mr. Incredible, Mr. Incredible. Mr. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Love it. That one, uh, thank you, Taiwan. Thank you, Taiwan. Okay, so last one. If we went to Vietnam, it would be called Superman Family 2. Now, I don't know how they got away with that. Is Superman not in, in Vietnam? Is it not in? Uh, he never he made it over there? Had to... Well, one, it's trademarked. So I. Now, this is just me roughly translating what these are, putting it in translation, yeah, and it's giving me it that's in what English. it's giving you yeah so it could be something else and it's not superman but trans roughly translated into english it is superman family superman. too okay good to know superman and lois lane might have a serious problem with this i mean hello dc have you guys not gone over there to vietnam and talked to him about the I'm superman sure. family too or one or one i'm sure well, that is the <laughs> AKAs for Incredibles 2. Superhuman Special Attack Core 2. <laughs> That's the winner for the Yeah, that one's the winner for that tonight, winner definitely. Tonight. All right. Guess what time it is, you guys? Bradford, you're the man. Okay, so this fool can do everything. Hit me with it. Um, he started off as an animator, you guys. He has worked on a lot of projects. Uh, he's worked on some of the classics like The Fox and the Hound and Black Cauldron, which is awesome. Uh, Ooh, Black Cauldron. I know that's an old callback for up. sure. <laughs> Deep um, You're gonna really like this. He worked for The Simpsons as a creative consultant for the first eight seasons and those are the best seasons i know and he directed crusty gets busted oh that's a good one that's when satchel bob does it mm-hmm. 22 short films about springfield and like father like clown so he must have had a crusty thing going on but Krusty he was a, one of the good best characters he's a really large part of um the the show's animation style and like how it developed over the years. So you can have him to think. I knew you would love that because you love The oh, Simpsons, girl. It's like your fave. It is. Now, one of my personal favorites that he's done is The Iron Giant. I love The Iron Giant. Girl, <laughs> I love that movie. I, I just showed my nieces not uh, too long ago. It's um, so good. It's, it stands the test of time. It is beautiful. He's worked for a lot. He's, um... He loves Disney. He's gotten two Academy Awards because of Disney. He did Ratatouille as well. Um, mm -hmm. And he got an Academy Award for it. They're both 
two of the highest grossing films for Disney Pixar. So he's very well liked within the universe. That's why, you know, there was no real big rush to get Incredibles 2 out, except there was a situation, which we will talk about in a little bit. He has a solid, he's he's a solid animator. That's what's really cool about his work is that he started off in all of this to do animation. He loves bringing characters to light. He loves the process. And that's why it's so beautiful to see him make this film. Um, he even talked about it a lot uh, back in the first film that it was so hard for him because they were fighting with the limitations of what CG could do at that point. And he wanted so much more for the first Incredibles. So <laughs> that's incredible because the movie itself was amazing. Like Incredibles was so good and it yeah. was groundbreaking. And for him to feel like he felt limited with what he had, cause it took him almost two years no, four years to create that film. You have to see how fast technology moves. Yes, exactly. Like, making the first Incredibles, the hardest mm -hmm. thing to do in that entire movie was Violet's hair. It wasn't the action scenes. It wasn't the eyes. No. It wasn't it's her stretching. No, the hardest thing to do and the most expensive thing to do on that movie was making Violet's hair look real feel mm -hmm. real it has a mind of its own it moves she hides behind it and prior to this all women had either hair that was short or they had it um pulled back and tied up so mm -hmm. because they didn't want to have to deal with these issues but mm -hmm. this is an issue you couldn't get around for violet because it's it so huge so character in her yeah huge character arc for violet like that's the whole point is that she hides behind her hair most of the film in the first one that when she puts the headband back and also just the way it swishes and moves like that's the problem they had like not only with hair though it was like all humans fire water yeah. everything like which At is point, basically yeah. the essentials of what the incredibles movies are like that that is it um so what's really freaking cool is that with all this new CG that they were able to bring in for the second film, The Incredibles got this huge upgrade to exactly what this man wanted to see happen. Like he even, what I super love is reading about how he grabbed all of the uh, Pixar animators that he was working with and took them on a trip to Palm Springs. Hey. To kind of get like a feel and an idea to like structure what they wanted the whole look of the film to look like. And That's they got true, all that because they have all inspiration those, like, 60s, from it. Like, looking Look at the new house there. they move in. The Pars yeah. house upgrades completely. They were in a tiny little underground suburban home trying to be hidden or whatever. Now they got this tech billionaire's money and they have this beautiful house that almost looks like it's like rocketing out into space. Like that is it's how cool so this house pretty, is. Yeah. And yeah. they even had to like the movie is one of the longest running films in Disney because like they could not give up the fact that, like, giving this tour of this beautiful house, like, the animators had to show it off, which was really, really cool. I mean, yes. Okay, so you are definitely right. This is uh, the longest Pixar movie, um, being an hour and 58 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it is also the longest computer animated film ever. Mm -hmm. And it's it does beat the movie Cars that came out in 2006 by one minute. But... It's still, it's still um, a longer movie. Now, what I think is like, really, really cool, though, is that even though there's this like high-tech, beautiful way that they're able to process CG, they still 
on this film and and most importantly in a lot of other films they'll go back to like original sculpts and different uh artists and characters to make the to make the the characters that we have on the screen today and what i super duper love is they still use kent melton who is a huge sculpturist for disney he's done lion king and aladdin like dozens of films he has been sculpted for he also does uh Leica films uh Coraline he created the character Coraline he sculpted her he was the first one to sculpt her and what they like what exactly that does is that if, if people don't know is that when an artist sculpts when Ken sculpts when Kent sculpts these characters what they'll do is they'll have it scanned and the CG will be able to take the scan how it's so detailed and then they'll add expressions and movement to the actual scans adjusted onto the computer. And that's how it moves through. Um, a little different with Leica because those are claymations, so they're puppets. And they just build the puppets based on the sculpts. But when it comes to CG, they actually scan his sculptures and move it into wow. the digital world where they can move it and shape it the way they see it. Um, it's so neat. The, uh, the best one that I was reading about was when he built Brick. You know, the guy, he's like, oh, follow me, you know. <laughs> oh, brick. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he's so cute. That actual sculpture weighed over 40 pounds of clay and 10 pounds of aluminum to shape him. Took two wow. months to make. Like the, And he's not even in the movie that much. They not better even in that motherfucker a little more. But the way that they sculpt it, they'll build this, like, wire mature uh, framework that kind of makes it look like a stick figure, like, in position. But they'll also make detachable points so that, like, or not detachable, but, like, they'll move it. They'll make multiple sculptures so that it shows different, so that he can move in the, the digital... Um, animator can get it to be more enhanced and it becomes the character itself which I really love um, he's worked for Disney Universal DreamWorks Sony Warner MGM Pixar um, Kent Melton I'm gonna go really deep into him on our TikTok I'm gonna do a whole TikTok video on him so if you guys want to hear more nice. about Kent uh, look that up but he he really gave this so much life and it was uh Brad Bird really says, like, this is exactly what our new movie needed. Like, I wanted to pull old style animation into the future that we were moving into. And um, he really appreciated everything that Melton did for the, the work that gave The Incredibles the 2.0 that it needed, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. love it. So, um, I super like Brad Bird. I don't think it's going to be the last that we hear of him for sure. He's done some like live action stuff as well. Um, he did a Mission Impossible movie. He did Tomorrowland with George Clooney. But I, I all in all, I think he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, he idolizes, I think, one of my uh, favorite filmmakers and uh, Miyazaki. He's one of my favorite animators and storytellers of all oh, yeah. time. So um, he has a great admiration for him, which I've always had a great admiration for him. We're going to talk about Brad Bird, I'm sure, yeah. more in the future. Uh, I do want to just say what I think is really, really cute is that his son, Michael Bird, he keeps it in the family. Michael Bird plays the character of Tony. Violet's date. He's the voice of Tony. Oh, that's cool. I know. So he keeps it around. He also was, his son did multiple voices apparently in uh, Iron Giant as well. Uh, background mainly, nothing uh, feature-esque. But 
Uh, he did uh, feature his son in this film as Tony, which I thought was really cool. I love when they do that. Just put your too. family in there, that, the ones that are not even actors, and it's just going to just make their lives awesome because they'd be like, like we talked about on Home Alone where he used his father-in-law to be like the cop who's like, have him count the kids again. Like, how fucking Yeah. <laughs> Thank so you. Cool. That's your father-in-law. And you're just like, exactly. you, you look like a cop. You want to be a cop in my movie real quick? It's only a day shoot. Like, you know? Like. Exactly. I didn't want to go too much into Pixar because I know that we're going to do more and talk more about Pixar and we're already going so in depth uh, in this. We have so much to still talk about as well. Um, yeah. So Pixar is amazing. We're going to definitely talk about it more. It's got some of my favorite films of all time. The most recent yeah. and the most important, not the most important, sorry. The most recent would be Soul in 2020. It just came out. Um, so good. So good, you guys. Uh Pixar Their just has a way. animation style on that movie it's, is just so beautiful. Oh, it's so beautiful. So gorgeous. And such an in- interesting take on what the afterlife or the before life or the intermittent life is going to be like. And yeah. I just, Pixar just has this natural way. I mean, we have Wally. I know. <laughs> um, we don't even have to talk about, I mean, we will talk about the Toy Stories a little bit, uh, but Toy Story, I mean, Pixar is a classic. If you haven't heard about it, uh, please go watch a Pixar film. <laughs> If you don't know what Pixar is, I don't know what you're doing on our channel. I How'd know. you even find us? I don't know, but I welcome. <laughs> Go watch Coco. Welcome. <laughs> Go watch Coco. Yes. Go watch Inside Out. It's Go so good. Go watch Inside like, Out. Go like, watch Brave. Go watch, Go watch Brave. Monsters Inc. Monsters Toy Story. Inc. <laughs> Cars. We could go Bugs Life. I could go off for hours, baby. For hours. And we're going to watch it again. Like, I love that this is our first animation uh, introduction. I mean, we're going to definitely do some classic Disney as well. But we've this already talked fun... about Disney. This is our first full animation because you guys did do Mary Poppins. We did, which is partial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, just we're going to talk about Pixar, I swear. Because I love Pixar. I've definitely even traveled past Emeryville to say hello to the headquarters. Didn't get a tour because my date was cheap, but he did take me. <laughs> uh, I've never gone on a tour, but when the world opens up, that is on my list. I have gone to Fitton's, the ice cream shop that's in uh, Emeryville. That's, is it Berkeley? I think it's in Berkeley. Emeryville. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is in the Up movie. Which is the last painting that I just painted was a, a oh, painting from oh, Up, because I, I love Pixar. It. That was such a good one, too. Uh, so good. But yeah, so go watch a Pixar film. We will talk more about Pixar. I don't want to spend too much time on the episode talking about Pixar, because again, we have so much fun stuff to talk about and to give you guys these really ooey-gooey fun details. So I do have a fun, I do have a, a Pixar fun fact. Fun fact about Pixar. Yeah, let's end off with a fun fact. So this movie, Incredibles 2, or as I like to call it, the Superhuman Special Attack Core 2, is mm-hmm. um, the, fourth, <laughs> the fourth Pixar movie to have a female protagonist um, after Brave in 2012, Inside Out mm-hmm. in 2015, and Finding Dory in 2016. But um, I watched the TV show Inside Pixar. If you have not seen it, it is on Disney Plus. Super mm-hmm. cool. Have you ever seen it? I have. There's a lady in there that like wears vintage clothes and it's like the cutest lady. I, oh my god, she's so cool. She's you, dude. I'm like, oh my I god, know. that would be Helen. Her style is amazing. She is the cutest, sweetest. I love this lady. 
I mean, I want to meet her. I want to meet her. Plus, she goes to Jack Kerouac, uh, the bar, and she sits at the top. And I was like, oh, my God. That's oh our God. spot. <laughs> I know where you are, bitch. Yeah, that's my favorite bar in San Francisco, you guys. It's called Vesuvio's. Vesuvio. Don't blow it up. It's like the best kept secret. But yeah, no, I definitely saw it. And I was like, oh, my God. I've sat in that <sighs> seat that you're sitting in, girl. On the TV show Inside Pixar, it does give you... Um, a short introduction into somebody into Pixar that has done something. But there was this one lady, oh, I wish I would have wrote her name down, but there's a lady who came up with something that is pretty brilliant. Um, and I feel like it was a factor in making this movie as well. She realized, like the most of us, that most of the world is female. and But we are not represented in movies pretty much at all so we don't you know for every four actors on the screen one or two of them might be a woman but normally it just might be one yeah um and she wanted to be able to make this into a different type of industry and make different movies where we would see more diverse uh women and people of color and trans people and you know represented more on screen. Fuck yeah. So she literally would go through, because she was a script supervisor, she would go through the scripts and she would count every line that every person said and she would put it into categories like, you know, in your movie, 82% of the people that are speaking are white males. So you might want to like throw some women in there, throw some people of color in there so that it's more even. And when she did this, you would think that, you know, a company would be like, hey, bitch, we Pixar, and everything we do is awesome, so we don't need you coming in here telling us that. But No, no they just not Pixar. Like, I love it. Yeah, not Pixar, baby. <laughs> They're like, I love this, so, you know, make sure every movie that you guys bring us, every time you bring us the sheet, I need to know the stats on what how diverse this movie is. It. And... Eventually, she ended up connecting with a, another Pixar person who was making a computer system that could accommodate what she needed to be done. Mm-hmm. So they combined their forces and has this cool thing that kind of analyzes everybody's scripts and tells you exactly, you know, what your make of your movies are like. Mm-hmm. And in her doing this, you know, starting on Cars 3... They became 50-50, where there's 50% women and 50% men being shown on screen. And it's like, wow, I know. Mind-blowing. Like, this thing, she needs to hustle this to every 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 single studio on earth needs this because they need to change it up. Exactly. They need to check. We've all... We've heard all of the white men's stories. I've heard them all. all. Okay, let's mix it up with some other people's. And not to say that there isn't a good, there isn't a good story out there that needs to be told, but there are more stories that need to be told. And stop putting priority on ones that are just run down, wear and tear. I've heard it all before, and it doesn't affect a majority of what people want to actually hear about. I definitely wish I would have wrote that lady's name down because she is Mm -hmm. like my new hero. Um. And I think it's brilliant. And they give a thing called the Kevin Award. And it's for doing like a selfish job. So they're talking about Kevin from Up. Because he was always, you know, do you need help to be walked across the street? 
I come into like, you know, I'll look for the Snape or whatever he's looking for. Like he was just such a helpful, cute. I love like I fucking love up. It makes me cry just thinking about it. Cast members, when they do a good job and someone makes a comment to a manager of some kind, they're like, okay, I'll give them a grape soda. Why do they give them a grape soda? Oh, they give them the grape soda. Exactly, cap. because it's the highest oh. honor to be giving grape soda. The highest honor. Another up reference yeah, for all of my fun Pixar. Another friends. up reference. So they do have like a, I think it might be an annual uh, award ceremony where they give people Kevin's, and it's a little little bronze statue so of a Kevin. Cute. He's Better so cute. Than a Scott, <laughs> believe it or not. The I mean, I'll take a Dundee. I mean, I take a, I I want want a Dundee for sure, but there is nothing, I mean, getting a Kevin would probably be monumentous. (laughs) I know. Monumentous. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because it was a great fun fact to me. It made me happy. That's a good one. That's a good one, babe. But definitely watch Inside uh, Pixar. Super cool. Very Mm -hmm. inspirational. Even if you're not an artist per se, um, like, you know, you don't draw or paint or whatever. But just watching it and you just be like, wow, the inspiration that people, the way they get their inspiration for these movies that we are so attached to and love, it's just mind boggling. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This movie was going to be released on June 21st, 2019. So like pretty much a year after it was really released. But after having a sit down meeting at Pixar, they realized that they're going to have to move the date because the movie that was due to come out on uh, June 15 was Toy Story 4. And they didn't, they weren't as far along ahead as the super, what is it, Super Special Attack Core 2? Yeah, they were not as, a, yeah, super they weren't human. as ahead. Oh, Superhuman. They weren't as uh, far ahead as them. So they switched the dates. And that's how we get Incredibles coming out a year earlier than Toy Story 4, which is fine because Toy Story 4 just, I was a wreck. I was very upset. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good movie, but I like ended like, what the f- Do you tell me I gave literally more than half of my life to this shit? And like, this is what's going, this is how it's going to go down. <laughs> but Incredibles 2 was a great, great substitute. So we got it a year early. This actually disrupted Brad Bird a lot and the entire entire Incredibles team by switching I wouldn't see that. the the time frame for this because they even lay a line down in the first Incredibles where Syndrome it's it's the scene where Helen and the kids are on the airplane trying to land and she's begging I've got kids in the I've got kids in the air I've got kids in the air and Mr. Incredible is tied up and Syndrome goes and looks at him. He's like, you're 15 years too late. Too late. Mm-hmm. Because Brad Bird had the foresight and was like, this movie is not going to be ready. It's definitely going to take this long. And he put that line in there and expected to release The Incredibles 15 years later. Unfortunately, they couldn't do that. Because, wow. Toy Story wasn't ready. Toy Story but, wasn't ready. You guys. But here. Toy Story 4 is so beautiful. It is they're, beautiful. Oh, it is they're beautiful. They're getting so good. They're getting so. It is beautiful. They're so good at what they did. <laughs> but so this sets into motion a whole bunch of other things because as we all know, as Pixar fanatics, and if you're not a Pixar fanatic, I will let you know. 
There is Welcome. always requirement, Zenobia knows this, there is a requirement for every single Pixar film to give an Easter egg to lead to the next film that was going to be released. So with Toy Story switching places with The Incredibles 2, it kind of, it, it messed them up a little bit. But they were able to add something rather quickly. Zenobia, do you know what the last Easter egg was? Did you ever find it? The Easter egg is the Toy Story ball which I am wearing on my headband, mm -hmm. it does show up on Jack-Jack's crib, and it also shows up on the hubcats of um, Winston's, like, limo. If you look really closely, there's the the round, the little yellow and blue fucking ball. Am I wrong? Is there another one? There is another one. What is it? Kaboom is in Jack-Jack's crib. At the, oh, at the scene, which actually contains my favorite line of the whole film. The kids are all staring there. They had just found out that Jack-Jack has powers, and they're, like, mm -hmm. yelling, like, at Mr. Incredible. They're like, oh, my God, you couldn't tell us we live in this house. We're family, blah, blah, blah. And he does that. I'm because formulating. I'm formulating, okay? okay? I'm taking I'm in taking information. information. I'm processing. <laughs> I'm doing the math. I'm fixing the boyfriend and keeping the baby from turning into a flaming monster. How do I do it? By rolling with the punches, baby. I ain't thunder and crap lightning, okay? Because I'm Mr. Incredible. Not Mr. So-so or Mr. Mediocre Guy. Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. Yes, that's a good line. And we've all been at that breaking point. We have all been at that breaking point. So in that moment, right before, when you're looking at the kids, you see Duke Kaboom, who is the character played by none other but my favorite Keanu Reeves. Keanu. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You that can makes see sense our because he's like Evo Knievo. Mm -hmm. You can see our little daredevil just laying in Jack-Jack's crib, just sitting right there. And that is the official Easter egg to lead you in to the Disney. I can see that because the ball is shows up in a lot of movies. It does. It's it like, does. It's one of their like favorite it, Easter eggs. Well, also, fun little fun fact is that it's a super Easter egg to always have the pizza truck. For pizza he planet. is pizza planet truck the yo the yo. yoda yo, yo it is just yo huh it's just the yo the yo yo, yo, truck. yo truck of pizza planet it is definitely it there because the guy who she thinks is um the screen slammer is driving he is a pizza man mm -hmm. and when she takes him down and she takes his mask off and he's like oh what happened if you look behind them you'll see the truck it's yeah, there it's there Which, it is one of their favorite as well it's a you it, it you will see it even in soul it was there in the uh infinite possibilities place you, uh -huh. you always see honestly you guys if you haven't watched pixar or if you didn't know this they always involve the Pizza Planet truck. The only time it wasn't was actually in the first Incredibles because Brad Bird didn't know about it and nobody on his animation team wanted to let him know. So in the first Incredibles, it's not in the film. But he I would have went back it. and put it somewhere. I know. You really should have. Honestly, they have... I mean, it's in Bugs Life. It's in everything. It's in everything. But they, they did do it justice. They made it in the 1960s style because, again, the... Incredibles 2 and Incredibles is all the style of 1960s because it takes place in the 1960s. So they even made the truck look a little 1960s, which is super cool. That's cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the real star of Incredibles 2? <laughs> what? Yes. What? Yes. What? 
<laughs> I think I got oh, you no. on this one. Okay. So the real star of this movie to me is Edna Mode. Yes, I'm sure your gratitude is quite inexpressible. Don't ask me to do it again, darling. My rates are far too high. Mm. Oh, yes, yes, dear, yes. Who is voiced by our director, Bird, who does the yeah. voice for Edna Mode. Yes, he does. You know that's his now, favorite. Elastigirl super suit is by Galbaki. Explain yourself. It's my favorite. I love her. I know, She's I love a fan fave. Um, but there's a lot of people who they say that she is based off of, um, character wise, but I'm going to tell you who I definitely think that she's based off of and you can't tell me different. Okay. Okay. It's Edith Haid. And if you've never heard of her, you definitely have seen her work. If you are a film buff, like we are. Mm -hmm. So she was a designer in the golden years of Hollywood. And she designed so many great things. And she started back in the industry back in 1925. Some of the clothing that she has designed for these gorgeous movies would be for All About Eve, Sabrina, Roman Holiday, The Sting, White Christmas, Rear Window, To Catch a Thief, The Man Who Knew Too Much. She really did like working with Alfred Hitchcock. He even got her from, I think it was Paramount was where she was originally at. And he even pulled her like, I need you to make clothes for my movies. So she made so many things. The reason why I think that she is the Edna, real Edna mode is not only that she is a designer of gorgeous garments, especially back in the 60s, um, because she worked all the way up until 1982. So she worked from 1925 to 1982, making costumes for Hollywood. Um, some of the biggest movies in Hollywood, she made the clothes for. She was amazing. She has like a little bob. It's, a, it's quite shorter than Edna's. She wears like glasses. Um, she's known for wearing these purple lenses. Um, and she would wear these lenses so that when she was looking at these garments on her actors, she could see what it's going to look like in black and white, which is something that we don't really think about today because we do everything in HD or 4K or whatever in color and vibrant. But no, you do have to think about that when you do things in black and white. Um, an, a fun fact that has nothing to do with this, but on WandaVision, the first two episodes are in black and white. And Vision is painted blue, not red, in the black and whites because he would look too dark if he was red. So so some of these things you have to think of. This woman was brilliant. Um, so if you're like a fashion designer or a costume designer, you most likely have heard of this lady. Um, if you haven't, you need to go do some research because I fell in a deep hole. She is, she has had 35 nominations in eight Oscar wins in her career, which makes her both the most honored costume designer and woman in the Academy Awards history till this day. And she was a short lady. She was like five foot one. You know, she was a little lady and she wore her glasses and she was super cute. And when I look at interviews of her, she seems like a very no nonsense lady, just like Edna. 
Um, she doesn't like to find garments and bring it to her director. She loves to sketch it as she's talking to them. A lot like Edna does in the first one when Mr. Incredible, she's like, well, I'm going to make your your uh, your suit, darling. What do you want? And he's like, ooh, I like the capes. And she's like, no capes. She has a... She has a, a a pad in front of her because she's like about to sketch out his a lot like uh, Edith, which I'm saying. That's why I, I know that it has to be her. I don't care what anybody says. So this woman is amazing. If you want to know some more about her, look her up. But I just thought that she, to me, is a star. I think they give great homage to her, especially in the clothing and the style that, you know, Edna, Edna is. And that's a fun fact for you. Did you know that? I, I do. I did. I did know a little bit, but I liked that you were able to correlate. I didn't know that she correlated with the same sketching concepts. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Yeah, because I watched it. She's like, no, I don't like just bringing things to them. I need to sketch it. So if you say you don't like it, I can erase that and fix it. And so when I go make the garment, I know exactly what I'm supposed to get or find or make because I've drawn it. <laughs> exactly. You can see it. She said, I, I learned that people respond more to seeing it than saying it so who's next um we can move on to holly hunter well you can just talk a little bit about her um she's an incredible actress obviously i uh, yes she mm -hmm. is the voice of our hero our superhero elastigirl elastigirl aka helen i know isn't that so fun i love it when my name pops up and and film and stuff like that. I mean, mostly I always associate with Fern Gully. People walking with their pants really, really high saying, Hi, Helen! <laughs> Batty! Oh, I just think of Helen of Troy because you're so beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Oh, my God. But my name never shows up anywhere, so I don't know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> uh, but the first thing that I remember her in, obviously, is Raising Arizona. Absolutely, hands down. Raising Arizona, Ethan, Ethan Cohen, Joel Cohen. I love that movie. It's so good. That's a, such a good one. Uh, the so Firm. Good. The Firm, for sure. She's just so... Oh, brother, where art thou? She works with the Cohen brothers yep. a lot. Um, a Life Less Messy, Danny Boyle. I'm a... I I want to do Home for the Holidays one day. I love that one. That's a Thanksgiving one, I think watched that movie in a long time that one's a good one that that's is a, good, a good one a family one i forgot that was her oh my gosh um, she was in 13 she was nominated for she is in 13. in 13 that movie girl that yeah. changed my life i was like this shit is real i mean it came out 2003 mm -hmm. so i was like 14 yeah, like 14, 15. So I was definitely... I was a teenager and I was feeling it. And I was like, oh my God. I was feeling it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. But what I really, She's... really love is that in Elastic... As Elastic Girl, um, when she was reading the character, I think she was worried that she would have the same mentality. Like, when she was reading it, she had the same mentality. Like, oh, this is Elastic Girl again. Well, not even. This is, you know, Mrs. Incredible. I'm probably going to be a supporting character for Mr. Incredible's journey. And then she went into a deep read of it. And she was able to turn to Brad Bird and be like, oh, my God, this part is so great. Like, she got so excited because there isn't enough female representation. And she, and you get that. And, like, before, like, her main job was staying home and taking care of the kids while Mr. Incredible went off and did his thing. And, like, 
not this time. This is a huge revelation that, like, she gets to do all of this fun stuff and gets to record all this fun stuff. She, like, called him immediately and had to say it to him. She's like, thank you so much. She, like, she was so excited to be such a featured character in this next film. Which you think that would have been a large talk in her negotiation. Like, oh, hey, by the way, like, you're going to be a big part of this movie. But no, she was complete when she didn't, she was surprised until she got the script. I mean. Maybe negotiation happens after you read. It doesn't, I mean, yes, usually they give you the script and make sure that you want to be on. That's always the first thing. Unless you're, like, best friends with them and they're like, Lenny, I got the script and there's a part. And you're just like, yes. And you don't read. Yeah, you know. If Quentin Tarantino walked out and was like, Zenobia, I have this part for you. I don't care what the fuck it is. I could be an Uncle Tom and I'd be like, I'll do it. Yeah, okay. I want to be in your movie. Like, you know. (laughs) You would never. He would never make me an Uncle Tom. No. But he made Samuel Jackson one and I think that's hilarious. (laughs) He was the best Uncle Tom ever anyway um i i th- i do think that she thought that yes that she was going to be more supporting or maybe have a, a slightly bigger part but nothing as the size of that she ended up getting you know being mm-hmm. the hero um but yeah i do feel like it didn't really matter she was gonna do this movie anyway because we she knows it's gonna make money yeah she knows that, you know, people really want to see it. And mm-hmm. being in a Disney or Pixar movie just makes you iconic. You live forever. Mm-hmm. You are that. We talked about this mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago on Die Hard. We were like, you are forever Scar, dude, no matter what you do. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And this is happening later in her life as well. Like, this this character is so iconic for her later in her career. Like, we've named quite a few films that were in the 90s. Like, yeah. that's what made her who she is. And what also I love is that she was able to become more involved with the character of Helen Parr because you get to see a different side of her in this film. You get to see all of a sudden her little angsty adolescent phase of like, oh, you know... She gets on her bike. She He's like, you used to have a bike? She's like, oh, come on. I used to have a mohawk. Like, you didn't even know I had a mohawk in my 30s. Don't worry. You weren't missing much. You didn't miss uh, much. I bet he missed a lot. Uh, <laughs> yes. So much that you didn't even know. You didn't, you even, didn't even know she know. had one. I think that you is didn't even know. funny. Because you're right. Uh-huh. I think that I love, I love it because I feel like it's the first time she's, like, lived since she's been a mom. Yeah. Like, she's talking about, like, she's waiting for crime to happen. She's like... You know, Bob used to sit around and listen to the police scanner, and I used to get mad at him. And she laughs, and she goes, I know, she laughs. "I'm such a hypocrite." Like, <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Like, you are, but you're out well, here. Ki- but you're out here. It's kind of it's really cool though, because for women, you have this title, right? You're like a Miss So and So, and then you become mom, wife, and then mother most of the time, sometimes. Uh, and then you become mother for like how long, right? And then all so of a sudden die. you get this mother <laughs> that gets thrown into this career again. And she loves it. She's And she's missed it and she's good at it. And that's the worst she's is that real she's good at it. so good at this job. And that is why it totally consumes her and why she has to, you know, leave it to her partner to take care of the children that they decided to have because this is who she is. And she forgot that for a minute. And that's why I love it when the scene when they're like, she saves the uh, ambassador 
And in that scene, she knows she hops on the helicopter. She saves the ambassador. She goes through all that. And then she's going through. And the little girl, she's like, oh, what does your sign say? Everyone's celebrating because she did such a good job. And this little girl puts the sign up. It's like, the screen slaver is still still out there. And that's when she's like, my job's not done. And she knows that. And that that was really a riveting moment for me. And I think that's what I love about Holly Hunter is because going back to her, she's in the interviews that I got to watch of hers talking about this character. She's like, it's a beautiful transition for a woman, regardless if you're if you consider yourself a traditional superhero, which we think of like magical powers and like these incredible mutant abilities. No, moms are fucking superheroes. Yeah. And every single day they're out there raising the future of this this world, plus trying to be superheroes and save everybody else and help everybody else that they can in the process. And that's why I really I loved seeing that through Holly Hunter's eyes, being able to explain that as well, which I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elastigirl, she's the shit. She's our hero. Yeah, she's the shit. She's our hero that we all needed. Yeah. If she figures and the that's... shit out. I mean, it, it might have been two seconds too late but she figures it out like oh wait maybe there's like some screens in these yep got you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah thank you holly hunter we'll see you around girl you got a reputation reputation we haven't even touched all of her we should do raising arizona that one it's got nikki c in it you know we should do raising arizona that that's funny. funny okay so um i have a fun fact <gasps> for you that i think you're gonna really like Give me a fun fact I'm really going to like. All right. So, Frozone, his wife, his wife, honey, we don't see her, right? But we always hear her. Um, Her lines in the first Incredibles is by far a lot of people's favorite lines. Like, where's my super soup? And she's like, why do you need it? Because I need it. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. It's an emergency. She's like, my night is an emergency. Like, she ain't fucking, I love it. No, um, yeah. And then she shows up again on this one, or you hear her again on this one when he's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'll be there ASAP, or in like 15 minutes. 15 times. It's on him, like, in two seconds. <laughs> and he's like, not listening to her, takes a soup. Now, Originally, they wanted to have Honey in part two, but they thought it would be funny to just have her off screen again. There is a semi-controversial thing about this, saying that the only black chick that would be in this movie, we only hear her as a nagging wife, and we never get to see her. Um, A lot like the way Disney does black people. I mean, I'm not... Yes, the way they do black people, like in their first movie being in Africa, we're all animals and the voices are done by white people. Or we get our first princess and like 80% of the movie, we're a frog. Mm -hmm. We're never the princess. Or we do even as recent as Soul, where he's not in his body the majority of the time. It is a white woman being him for the majority of the movie. Like... They do us dirty, Pixar. I'm on to you guys. I love your fucking movies, but please give us, like, just let us be black the whole movie. Can we just be black the whole movie? Pixar, you heard her. I got my girls back. Hold me back. Hold me back. 
Because I love Soul. I think it's great. Tina Fey is one of my favorites. I want to sleep with Jamie Foxx. There's just things like, you know, I, I'm all about it. I love the story. Like you said, it's beautifully done. It, it you know, mm-hmm. makes you think about the afterworld and the before world and the now world all differently. I love it. I think it's great. I love it. I love it. But damn, if we can't be in our own goddamn bodies for an entire movie, besides Frozone, but his wife, Honey, they, like I said, they wanted to put her in the movie. So they literally made a character that's supposed to be Honey, a little hippie lady who has, you know, big booty and a nice small little okay. waist and <gasps> beautiful curves and a nice cinnamon uh, skin tone. Gorgeous. But they thought the shit would be funny if she wasn't in the movie. But they didn't want to waste all that time that they used to put her in this movie. So she is in this movie. You've seen her. You just didn't know that she's Honey. So Honey is... Her body (laughs) is a superhero. So when they're on the, the cruise and you see all the ambassadors with their superheroes, you know how like... Once shit hits the fan, he's like, supers, protect your ambassadors. You'll look, and there's a cinnamon-colored, curvy lady with pink hair. I think her outfit is teal as well, and she is the mock-up for Honey. So Honey is in this movie. We just don't know that's her. Okay, wait a minute. So you know that someday we are going to get a Frozone video- film. So you're telling me that Frozone is also married to another superhero that isn't even acknowledged by the pars i don't know she if has, she's supposed that to is a... how secret frozone's life is no they they, they got to give it to her especially after pixar hears your plea and your your obvious like can we recording. stay in our bodies come on <laughs> exactly so what i'm saying they have to they have to make frozone's honey like a huge character in his next film and she was a superhero all along but that's that's the key is that frozone is so good at keeping a secret identity we never knew i like this theory um i, I always figured honey was not a superhero because she just didn't want him out there superheroing and she wasn't out there helping save because she would be i feel like she would be friends with Girl. But so, but see, this makes it even more layered because she still kept her superhero, but she did it in the private sector. She offered her skills to an ambassador of some kind, right? Okay. And she had always wanted Frozone to go into that, but he's like, no, my work is for the people. I'm not going into a private sector, but that's why they have such a legit lit house is because Honey went into the private sector and made all that money. Shmoney, honey. <laughs> oh, oh my God, we just blew it. We just blew it up. We just went so meta. It got real. It did get real. I like it. I like it a lot. Pixar, feel free. Feel free. This is cool. I did not know this. This is a fun fact I did not know, girl. Oh, my God. Do you want I mean, since we're here talking about this honey conspiracy, are you ready for some like Pixar theories? Pixar theory corner, you guys get ready. There were so many. I just plucked out the ones that seem that it could work and the ones that I liked. So um, so welcome to Z's conspiracy corner. So here are some of the theories about this movie. So if you don't know Pixar, I know we keep saying this. I feel like you do know Pixar because you're listening to us. You know um, Pixar. Pixar has, the fans have theories about Pixar. And that one of the theories, the big theory is that 
all of the Pixar movies are all in the same timeline, in the same universe. They have their own universe. It's all the Pixar universe. Now, this starts all the yeah, way baby. from Brave to the future with Wally. All of these are connected. I mean, we'll see if they go, you know, older than that or younger or further in the future than that in the future. But we'll see. Mm -hmm. But this is just the ones that have to do with Incredibles in general, or at least with this movie. So let's start with my favorite, Miss Edna Mold. So the theory Edna about Mold. Edna Mold is, is that she is really an evil villain. Which would kind of make sense because she thrives on seeing that the Incredibles are superheroes in trouble. Like she gets excited, like oh, you know. Um, also, I know, I know you're looking at me. That's because you don't know Baby D. That's why you're looking no. at me. No, you don't know Edna, darling. Uh, Edna, darling. Well, Edna... I think no, no. Here, here. I, I, I'll give my theory afterwards. I'll give okay. my. I just think that she's biased. She's non-biased. You know what I mean? I think she makes villains' costumes just like heroes' costumes. And you know what? That's Edna. Edna gotta be Edna. You know what I'm saying? Edna's gotta be Edna. So the theory is is that Edna is really a villain, um, and that she was a villain that was caught and is like on house arrest kind of deal, and so that's why she has her guards, her guards that she doesn't really like to have around, and it's more like they're keeping her in. And keeping keeping other people out, that's one of the things, um, and that she's forced to make super suits as like her community service. Also, their theory is that yes, she does make costumes for villains, but she does make she cares more about the heroes than the villains. Like in the first one, the theory is is that she made syndromes costume and she made it with a cape even though she always says no capes no capes she made it with a cape just to make sure that you know he'd be taken so she's down a villain that likes villains i mean that likes heroes she's a villain that likes heroes that's just one of the theories do you have something to say about that <laughs> uh, this one's a stretch but i'll i okay I like well i got it. another one it's a stretch though, because Edna's so stretch. She's got a lifetime contract, darling. You know what I mean, darling. True. I don't know. There is there is scenes of Edna's that were cut, a <gasps> full know. fledged fashion show with supermodels, but not they're not super. They're not super. They're just like regular super, models. They're just I regular know. models, yeah. But like she has her little mm, mm, that we totally don't get to see and one of the girls on the pixar inside pixar talks about how she worked so hard on it the one that has the amazing clothes which i vintage honestly clothes. wish that disney would put on their clothes like edna mode like mode you know like her like little mm -hmm. emblem with her mm -hmm. sunglasses with her glasses i mean her glasses it would be really yeah horrible if they just like did that on some of the tags for like the incredibles i that is something i did actually think about long ago Ooh, disney disney get you can on do it. it i won't okay so Let's talk about Miss Violet. <gasps> yeah. There's a couple conspiracies roaming around Violet. No way. So the first one is that Bob is not her biological father. You can see this as in 
Helen and Bob's hair are two different colors and Violet comes out with this dark ass black hair when her brothers have like light hair. They're blondes or we don't really know what Jack Jack is, but it's light. So the thing. Yeah. So the thing is, is that they think that Helen hooked up with. um, I think his name is like Sung. He's the pilot in the first one, which is she calls me. She's like, I need you to get me a plane. He's like, okay. People say this is because in her bedroom, there's three pictures that are framed. And one is the whole family. Mm -hmm. Another one is just Bob and Helen. And another one is just Helen and this dude. And so that is one of the conspiracy. His head shape is similar to Violet's and he has darker hair. So people might think that he is really Violet's father and not Bob. You know what? I don't think that's so far-fetched. Because she get lonely. I could see even that they would have Elastigirl being a single mother of a young daughter and then Mr. Incredible coming along and being like, I love you regardless. Because he is very relaxed. I don't think, that's true. I don't think that he would... Nece- I don't think that she would require to get married just because she has a baby. So I don't want to... I don't know, it's the 60s. That was like a thing then. I know, but she also lives that superhero secret life. So she could just keep a baby secret. You know what I mean? I think <laughs> that it's a really cool storyline to think that she already had a baby. She was raising Violet all on her own. And that's why Violet's kind of like a loner a little bit. And I then, see that. then Mr. Parr comes along and he's like, I love you. And I love Violet as my own. And that's, I like this. I like that theory. It's really cool to see Elastigirl as an independent, beautiful woman. It shows a lot of bravery that uh, Mr. Incredible's okay with her having a picture of him in her bedroom. (laughs) I like your take on it, but I think the consensus is that she cheated on him. <laughs> oh, no. She would never. Yeah, I like no. yours way better than what everybody else was yeah, saying. Yeah, no. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean towards yours. Elastigirl um, would never. She would never. She would never. She loves Bob mm-hmm. too much. So um, another thing is that people think that Violet is the same person as Boo. Now, hear me out. We don't know what time period Boo is in because we don't get to see her world. No. Okay. Two, she has dark hair and their face shapes and eye shapes are quite similar. So it wouldn't be too far-fetched to see Boo grow up to be Violet. Uh Uh-huh. Now, we see that Boo in... Toy Story 4. In Monster Inc. No. In Monster Inc., we see Boo as very good at hiding. So maybe she had her powers of disappearing then, Mm -hmm. and we didn't know about it. Another theory is is that the reason why she wasn't scared of Sully is because he's big, um, dude with like a nice deep voice, a lot like Mr. Incredible. So she wouldn't necessarily be afraid of him because she sees, you know, her mom stretching and her dad lifting cars and, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. Plus he has like the same type of body shape as Sully. So that is one of the things that people think um, is that they could be one and the same. People also think Boo is the witch on Brave. That one I kind of lean more towards than this one, but I'm not against seeing Boo turn into Violet. I think that's pretty cool. I Since have to say was... it's 
I, I feel like that's a little debunked, though, at this point. I'm just throwing out some theories there. I know, because you see, though, in Toy Story 4, you see Bonnie when she's in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And Boo is in the background. Boo's in the same class as Bonnie in Toy Story 4. Is she? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Debunked. So that's the now. That's the now. Sorry, debunked. All right. I don't mean well, to be that. I mean, Did you not know that? You didn't I, see Boo in the background? I didn't. She's wearing the same she's wearing the same clothes and pigtails and everything. I could only watch this movie twice and then like I still it's just it's so hard oh, for me. I I'm obsessed. Toy Story Bo Peep. All I want is to be I in know, a couple's I know Bo is the best. I wanna be in a couple's costume so bad and I just wanna be Bo and have a Woody. Like uh, that's like my ultimate couple's costume at this point right now in my life. Can I be can I be Jesse? Yeah, you could be Jesse. And we'll go together. Okay, so here's another one of the conspiracy theories. Okay. Bob and Helen can see the future. (gasps) Now, the reason why they can see the future or why we think that they can see the future is by the way that they named their children. Violet or ultraviolet, which can't be seen Mm -hmm. like Violet, would be her name. Dash, who runs... Fast. He could dash anywhere. Boom. His name. Jack Jack. Now, I would say Jack Jack as in saying it twice because he can multiply. Or saying Jack as in he's a jack of all trades. Oh, that's That's a good one. Oh my God, that's a good one. So people think that they can see into the future because otherwise how could you name your kids what you named them? The epic names that you named them. (gasps) <gasps> yeah. I love this. I love that. Con- I really like this. Now, um, another one would be that Bob and Helen are bo- both orphans. This would also be why they have names like Bob and Helen and not Violet and Dash to, you know, symbolize whatever their name would be. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason why people think this is because if you go back to... The first one, you'll see that there is nobody, there's no family at their wedding. It's just supers. Yeah, there is nobody. They have no one personal at their wedding. They have no one personal at their wedding. So definitely they are most likely orphans. Mm. That's one of them. Damn. Oh, my God. This theory is blowing my mind right now. Okay. So um, here's my last conspiracy theory. Their new house. It's said to be bought from a eccentric billionaire who was like paranoid and had a bunch of exits so no one could see him coming or going. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the theory is, is that the only person that they could have bought this house from would be Syndrome, the villain <gasps> from the first one. Now, another reason would be because, one, he was a central billionaire who also liked to have different exits and interests into his lair. It's true. Um, If you look back at the first one, to enter into the island, into like the lair, that he has like a waterfall like door that like separates so they can fly in. A lot like the way that their garage is when Elastigirl goes off on her bike or mm-hmm. the waterfalls that are inside their goddamn house. Damn house, which looks a lot like the lava 
that he has. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <gasps> oh so my god. The conspiracy is is that they're staying in their old nemesis house. Oh my god, that one's real. That, that one I real. that one's real. I think it's real. How many other uh, million billionaires could be living over here? <laughs> wow. That was a good one. That's a good one. So those are a little bit of conspiracy corner, y'all. If you don't know any of the Pixar theories, I think that you should go on YouTube and get lost in it because there's so many. There's so many. many, It's not even funny how many there are. You'll just be like, ooh, that sounds good. Oh, that don't sound right. But Mm -hmm. there's enough fan theories. Um, And those are just some of the fun ones that I found about this movie. Let's talk about Mr. Samuel L. Jackson, who we have talked about previously. A lot. Yeah. A lot. He's he my was my favorite. He was in Pulp Fiction. We talked about him in Jurassic Park. We talked about him in Jackie Brown. Uh, just recently in Die Hard with a Vengeance. So obviously he's going to be around forever because when we both love Quentin Tarantino and he's in almost every Quentin Tarantino movie that there I ever know. is. So, um, We'll definitely be talking about him again. But as Frozone being the only black superhero, I love him. Uncle Lucius. Uncle Lucius. He's always there for them. He always protects them. Yeah, he's like the godfather to the kids. Mm -hmm. And I really love that he gets showcased as being his own superhero. He's on demand. He is wanted. He they were like, oh, my God, Frozone, you know. So, and he gets even more of attention because he gets three ultimate really good fight scenes. He does get some good fight scenes, yeah. In this film, and uh, we only got a snitch, a snidbit of him in the first one. So it was really great to see his character and his broaden big time. Like, he was trusted, like, him and Mr. Incredible are such best friends that he is voice coded activated in the Incredible. <laughs> Yes, I thought that too. I was like, wow, wow. that's some love right there. You gave exactly. him access to your car. He's the person that you trust the most. He might not even do that for Helen because as we see, like this is a little bit of a fun fact. You will notice that the Incredible does make an appearance in the very beginning of the movie of Incredible. The Incredibles. Right. right. Sorry, the Incredibles. You see him when he's going through all of his motions. He's about to go on to his wedding. To, Help save the marry. cat. <laughs> yep. He's driving the Incredible, but we never see it again for the rest of the film. It's been said that, that at that point the car is gone. It's and it's not you know, it can't be fixed. And then it comes back into life, and then you get to see it's like the ultimate moment that his best friend and most confidant is Frozone because he has given him voice activation. And he is there taking care of his own children. Of his kids, to, yeah. Has the authorization to put other voice activations on the yeah, car. Yeah. Like, it's basically like, if Mr. Incredible died, Frozone got a new car. Like, that was <laughs> that's the next person in line because you're right. He not only has access to the car to even be able to use it, but as soon as he sees it, he was like, Incredible, windows down. Incredible, put these damn kids, say your name. <laughs> Hurry up, Fred. Yeah. Know. I know. And when I saw that, I was like, dang, yeah. that's some true love. You, you would be voice activated on my car, too. Yeah, me too. No joke. You could have you could have it. It's yeah. like such a big deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you trust him with the kids. He has to go. And when you he calls Lucius, you would think he'd be like, 
Helen's in trouble. We need to go and help Helen. No, Mm -hmm. it's like, Helen's in trouble. I need you to come take care of the kids. Bring your suit, because it might get weird, you know? Like, we're not playing games anymore. Like, you know what the stakes are at this point. And he signed up for it. Sadly, Frozone, we don't think, have children. Because Frozone never shows us the kids. But I feel like if he did he have has kids. Such, but he has such a good seat. We don't know Lucius's life. That's we what's don't know really his cool wife. His but I feel like if he had kids, he would definitely bring them around these he kids would. because would they, would have, they most likely would have powers too. That's why I don't think that he has kids. Because if he did, he wouldn't be able to come at a drop of a dime. Because, damn it, bitch, I got Honey and some other my kids. I got your kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. No, no, no. That's for real, though. But we still don't know enough about him. We don't. And I think that you are so right about how secretive he is. That's so funny. He is so secretive. I mean, he is best friends with Mr. Incredible. There is no doubt in my mind that they are, like, closest. You are the Frozone to my Incredible. Oh, my God. I'm... as soon as he could activate wow. his car, <laughs> you are so important that when shit goes wrong, your kids think to call him instead of calling mom. Like that's exactly, <laughs> I can't I call love mom. Him. I'm calling because I can't. I'm calling Lucius. I'm calling Lucius. Don't call him. I'm calling him. I'm calling Lucius. I'm calling Lenny. Don't call Lenny. I'm calling her. I'm calling Lenny. She's coming in. <laughs> She's coming. She's coming in. We need help. Back up. Yeah. So, I love Frozone. You are so right. We don't know none about Frozone. We Give us a that. Frozone. Uh, I think we are. I think we're going to get one. At least a short. Might... Give me a Frozone I... short. I think we're going to get a Mr. I think we're going to get a Frozone before we get an Incredibles 3. I'm there were so that. many hints. There were so many hints that we were going to get so much more out of that character. So, everybody, um, if you want to know more about Samuel Jackson, go listen to any of the other episodes. We got him in. He's in every fucking every other episode. He's the highest grossing actor of all times. And this is a big reason why he is. If this movie made $1.2 billion, he's in the billions of his movies. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we will definitely be talking about you again, Samuel yeah. L. Um, Can I give you a little fun fact? Yes. So in the beginning of this movie, Incredibles 2, the Parr family goes to the house that they are living in, which isn't really a house. It's a motel. Do you know what the motel's name is, everybody? Hmm. I'm going to say it because Zenobia looks like she does. The Safari (laughs) Inn. Now, surprise, surprise. And the way that she's shaking her head right now, I should have known better than to try to catch a Californian about their own California real estate. The Safari Inn is actually a hotel that is based off of Burbank, California. It is really close to Walt Disney Studios. Very, very close. It is legitimately thrown back in time. It is a a retro-style motel that you can go and stay in. It's not considered a motel, though. It's called a hotel. So it's the Safari Inn. It has been in a lot of other famous films, you guys. So if you noticed it and you recognized it, it's super cool. It's in True Romance, which I love that movie. Right, that's where they stay. Coach Carter, which also stars our beautiful. Oh, that's right. Okay, damn it. I forgot to add that on the list. We done Coach Carter. Yeah. That was one of our black histories. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then also our other favorite man, Tom Hanks in Apollo 13. 
Tommy! Also, so if you guys recognize that in, even though it was animated, it was a little different, but yes, it is an original-based hotel out of Burbank, California. And I thought that was really I cute. I like and it. And I thought of you. When I saw it, I was just like, she's going to talk you. about this. I know she's I like, didn't, but I'm glad that you brought it up because I did notice that and I read that and I was like, you're right. I drove past there. It looks just like this. <laughs> I just want to put on the part right now because our part we were just talking about is on. Oh, what part? I know, and this part's scary. Yeah, because that would scare the shit out of me too. Okay, but I really do get mad that Dash says his real life name. That is the first rule of superheroes. You don't say your real names. That is your identity. It's sacred. What does he say? He says, Lucius! He like screams Frozone's oh. real name. You don't do oh, that. Oh, that's what you're saying. I get that, but... You don't do that. I would never call you your real name in real life. I don't care if we're in a situation. Like, if we're in a if we're in a situation and we're about to get shit's about to go down, I'm going to call you by your fake name. Like, that is for real. Okay, well, I, I get that. But let's just remember that this movie takes place immediately after the other one, which means that they are very fresh new to being a superhero. They have never really used their powers outside of the house until the first one when they have to go to the island. And then, you know, like, so there's, they're still young. They don't, they don't really know. I mean, it's something that it takes a minute to change somebody's name in your head. You see how hard it is for me to call you Lenny on this show. It takes me forever. I say Helen all the time. I have to cut it out. That's because, okay as well, though, because you're close, and that's the whole point, is that close people call me by Helen, and my nickname is Lenny. No, I get that. And Lucius is their, like, godfather, man. It's that's true. all they know. He's it's Uncle Lucas. It's true. <laughs> and no offense, no offense. I'm not, I'm not doing this on purpose, but this is Helen's fault, because even when they're in the motel and they're having Chinese food and they're chilling out and they're talking, and she's trying to, again, banish the thought that they can be superheroes— this is not fair to them, and this is this is wrong for her to try to strip their identities from them. It's who I am. Like, this is actually how they identify, and it's really, really hard because she is suppressed, as most women are, to believe that this is what their life has to be. But you get to see Helen Parr come into full re-independence as Elastigirl through this entire thing at the very end she's like Violet says are you mad she's like how could I be mad I'm proud no I'm proud I'm I'm proud. proud of you and that is such a huge character arc for this character Elastigirl aka Helen Parr like it's so big for her and that's why I wish that Violet would have given her 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 new Elastigirl costume because that would have been so cool to see because that is her superhero identity and she won't lose that I don't want her just to fall back to Mrs. Incredible and she's like the support to Mr. Incredible even though they are family she can have the same colors but it's her Elastigirl 
emblem on it. That would have looked, that would have been so choice. And I really wish that Pixar would have done that, but it's okay. I think that they definitely need to do another one. Yeah. I don't think that bird is going to do it the way we want to, as in like put them in the future. Because he was thinking of doing that for this one, and he was just like, I just want to keep them, you know, classic. Yeah. But I would love to see part three where we're in the 70s or 80s, and now, you know, these kids are adults. I want to see what their superhero names are, because we don't know what their superhero name are. No, I want to see if Jack-Jack ends up being a good superhero or a bad villain, because he, he has so much power, he, so much he power. could be bad. He, he really could, could be, be bad. bad, and no one be able to stop him. I want to see that. I want to see what it's like for you know Violet to go to college and have to like deal with the fact that she's a superhero. There's just so many. There's I want so to much. see, you know... Helen and Bob, just old retired asses, still wanting to like, you know, stop the purse thieves, but they're like, you know, his knees are giving out. Like something funny. Like I exactly. feel like these are these would be great things to just show that even superheroes age. And I just want to see Jack Jack as an adult. I truly would like to see him as a bad guy turn good guy again. I love that theory. I feel like you and I have actually talked about this because that's not the first time I heard it, but I know that it's not my original thought. And I really had to say, like, you said this to me before, and I really want to see that happen. I think it would be great. I think it would be <laughs> such a good storyline. I mean, I don't know why we're not hired, basically, to write people's storylines for them. Well, apparently I looked on Pixar's website, and you cannot submit a script to Pixar. No, you can't. They do everything in-house. So even if you had a great Incredibles 3 script that you wrote and you want to give it to Pixar, they're not going to take it. That's just how it goes. Okay, I want to talk about Bob Odenkirk. Did I say his name? Oh, Odenkirk. Yeah, I love him. AKA, you better call Saul, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Um, this is our second movie with him. He was uncredited in Dolomite Is My Name. Mm -hmm. But this time he has a nice, big, chunky, thick-ass part in this movie. Um, but here's a little couple of fun facts about him. He is an Illinois boy, mm -hmm. and he is the second out of seven children. And so his older brother is Bill Od Od Odenkirk. What's his last name? Odenkirk. His uh, younger brother is Bill Odenkirk. He's the older brother of him. Uh, you probably might not know him, but you've probably seen his work. He is co-executive producers for The Simpsons. Ooh. Yep. So his seasons would go from 2005 to 2020. Ooh, shit. So he probably is in 2021. But definitely that chunk of time he is the executive. Yeah, wow. he has over like 300. He has over 300 Simpsons episodes under his belt. So his brother is making money as well. Family royalty over here. Yeah. Um, but back to Bob, he was a DJ for WIDB for his college radio station over there at Southern Illinois University. And I think that's where he got his taste of being in the biz. Yeah. So eventually he ended up moving to Chicago, doing some improv and then he moved to New York where he made some friends that gave him an opportunity to be a writer on Saturday Night live mm -hmm. and he 
his seasons would be from season 13 to season 20. So that's years 1987 to 1995 were the seasons that he worked on. Um, even going as far as winning an Emmy mm-hmm. for some of his work on that show. Um, and so he went on to do a bunch of other things. He seemed like he was more of a writer for like late night shows um, than TV shows. But he I would say had, like, I've, I've already referenced this before. He's one of my favorites on Mr. Show with Bob and David. I, I love um, that yep. sketch comedy show. It's so good. If you haven't watched it, it's really fucking funny. Him and David Cross. It if is. you if you love David Cross, you love David Cross. I know Z likes David Cross. She's watched the show. So I have. I, this is I've already said it before. I like love him in this show. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's also, also a writer in, for that. He is, of course, and he's also in one of those Nobia's favorites. Is How I Met Your Mother. Yes, he uh, plays the evil boss of Marshall. Marshall. And he, he's like the one who'd be screaming at him all the time. And what was his name? He had a dog named Tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> so he did a lot of writing for things, uh, yeah. a lot of like late night shows. He showed up on a bunch of things. But he didn't really get his claim to fame until he showed up as Saul on Breaking Bad. And that kind of changed his life so much that he has his own spinoff that is also equally fucking amazing. Yeah. And um, he he kind of gets to write his own ticket. And now we're looking at him here on a Pixar Disney movie. And, you know, he, he does a great job. And he also looks like he has to be the inspiration for his character because the character looks quite similar to what he really looks like. He really does. He really does. As soon as you look at it, you're like, Dang, they just drew you, dude. Yeah. All right. This is actually one of my favorite little Easter eggs that happens within the film because obviously, one, it's a Pixar film, so there's going to be super Easter eggs. But two, uh, this one was personal to Brad Bird, which I thought was really awesome. So in Pixar, they always do the A113 sequence. All my (gasps) Pixar heads, you all know about it, so I'm not going to go into detail. If you don't know about it, you can research it. Or maybe, if you're lucky, Zenobia will go into a a deep thought on our Instagram. Do it. Anyways, so there's the reference to the A113 in this film, of course. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, but it definitely is on the marquee of the, the movie theater that they're going to. Moving into that, though, is that this is also a major tribute to the good man Francis Ford Coppola. It is a direct connection to his film, Dementia 13. It says on the marquee, Dementia A113. Yep. And that's the movie that they're going to see on their first date, which is so cute, Violet and Tony. But it also is in regards to, again, A113, as well as Francis Ford Coppola's Oscar winner, Dementia 13. Well... Yeah, so I loved that super meta moment. That's one of my favorite little Easter eggs because it really hits close to home as a filmmaker. There's a couple other ones. There's the poltergeist moment with Jack-Jack with his hands against the TV, which is really good. But this one sticks out the most to me. It's very subtle, but it's really romantic and really cute, Um, especially because that film at that time, it's just really cool. I have... I have uh, something to add on to your fun fact. Well, yes, I will definitely try to do a TikTok more about it, but the A113 refers to a classroom that the founders of Pixar... From CalArts, yeah. Fucking... We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll hang out at. We'll talk about that later. But here's the thing. 
this movie holds the record for the most viewed for the most viewed animated trailer of all times. So within 24 hours of that epi- from the trailer being dropped on YouTube, it got 113 million oh. views. Very meta because it's 113. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so this movie Broke broke some records in its, you know, trailer, but the number is the thing that just makes it just just so perfect. Top of the cherry on the cake kind of motherfucking Easter egg. I like it. Easter egg that we participated in because I'm sure I watched it the day it dropped too because I was so in. Absolutely. (gasps) Absolutely. So let's talk about Pixar's lucky charm. Okay. John Ratzenberger. He oh. shows up in every Pixar movie that there is, starting back from Toy Story, where he plays uh, the pig, Mr. Pig. Mr. Ham. Oh, my God. Mr. Ham. Yeah. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much because he is in one of my all-time favorite shows, Cheers, as Cliff Clavin. Cliff! <laughs> the mailman who knows everything. But also knows nothing. Like, he is so great. I love him. Mm -hmm. Um, I love his voice. And this, I feel like Pixar definitely um, keeps him around because, like I said, he's their lucky charm for their their full-length feature movies. He is in everything. Everyone. There's not a, a Pixar movie, not counting the shorts, but there is no Pixar movie that does not have his voice in it even for a little bit and he reprises his role as the um what's he called in this one the underminer the underminer yeah he reprises his role on this one as the underminer conspiracy theory he's supposed to be in uh incredibles three that is because if you happen to watch the credits all the way to the very end you'll see the underminer Barreling through because mm-hmm. the Incredibles did not defeat him. Nope. That's he does the way, have his that's own video ultimate, game. That is the ultimate question, though. Honestly, if you there, there are a couple of things that are like left hanging in the Incredible in Incredibles too, but there is not the question more that you want to see from Incredibles that what happened to the Underminer? He got away with all that money. Like what? <laughs> I mean, there is a. Uh, Incredibles video mm-hmm. game uh, about the Underminder and it starts literally where this movie starts right after you know the track meet and you can defeat him there but mm-hmm. as of in the movie universe he is undefeated and undetected and he got so yeah we might see him in the next one we might not I have a feeling I don't want to have to wait another 14 years for a movie, but I might. I'll do this it. This is the longest between a movie for for Pixar. Um, the, the next one would be, I think it's like 13, 12 or 13 years for Finding Dory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it took a minute for them to get what? this together, but he wanted it to be perfect, so I get that. Anyways, John Ratzenberger. He is a legend. He is in everything. Who's your favorite? Who is your favorite character for him? Like his little appearances. Um, I love him. 
as Ham, obviously, because he's just wisecracking. You know, he'd be like, oh, my cork fell out. Don't look at me. And he's like trying to put all his chains <laughs> back into his, his piggy bank. Um, but I would probably say I like him as the flea in a bug's life. Oh, good uh, one. Because he's just so hilarious. He runs like the little animal circus. And he'd be like, yeah, the ring of fire. And he just like the fucking does this like, you know, and he ends up getting burnt when the paper burns and falls on him. Like, you know, I, I think it, he that's probably my favorite one of him, but he does pop up. So there was kind of a problem with this movie. The thing was, is that when you had uh, a screen slaver on screen, what would happen would be that there'd be flashes of light that would go off in the background. Oh, yeah. Now, this is fine for the average person like you and me, but for some people, this triggered uh, seizures. This tr- triggered, mm-hmm. like, um, flashbacks of things. and just It just triggered people. It was very triggering. Oh, my God. Very triggering to the point that um, they had to put... Uh, a disclaimer on it in it's different countries like be careful because it may cause seizures or you know any any of those things that flashing lights may do so if you haven't seen this movie and it might be something that would affect you i would say you know get ready for it close your eyes or just not see the movie if it's that serious but yeah oh my god totally totally that would Crazy, be right? killer. Caution. Okay, so are you ready? Since we made it, are you ready for Z for the people? Uh, yes. Uh. Okay, so this Z for the people is one that I have done before, but they work very closely with Disney, so I kind of have to do this one. Okay. Um, you all have heard about the foundation called Make a Wish, uh, which gives sick children a chance to have their wish granted. Now, um, this started back in 1980 when a seven a seven year old Christopher was diagnosing and battling leukemia, but his wish was to be a police officer, um, and he was living in Phoenix at the time. So his community kind of got together and they made his wish come true by making him an honorary, um, it looks like sheriff because from the picture, there's a little picture of him. He's wearing like a sheriff's hat. And I don't know if you can see that, but like super cute. I would look that up, but he is the beginning of, he's the first kid's wish that has been granted. Uh Um, so what happens with make a wish is when your kid is sick, they're battling leukemia or whatever brain tumor or whatever they're kind of terminal not necessarily uh, illness is you can submit to make a wish and they will come and make your wish come true when i worked at disneyland for a long time i actually you know helped be part of these children's wishes when they would come and want to meet cinderella or whoever you know princess or mickey mouse that they really wanted to meet it felt like you know quite often kids wish was to go to disneyland which is my wish 
I want to go to Disneyland. I need Disneyland to open up. I did hear that California is opening it up at the end of April. I I was, (sighs) I know, I heard that, and I was like, oh, my God, watch out. (laughs) Yes, watch the fuck out, because I will wear a gas mask, and I'm going, bitch. Like, don't care. supposed to be going to Disney next week. We'll see. We'll see. So, um, this company, or this foundation takes children's wishes and they make them true. I personally have seen it not only in working for Disneyland, but I had a, I have a friend who was battling leukemia as well. Um, when we were in junior high and high school. And so he battled it and beat it and got his wish to be granted by make a wish. And, you know, he got to go to New York and go to a Knicks game and do whatever, you know, his wishes were. So, if you have ever seen a very sick child, you know that this is something that would just bring a smile to their face and make their lives complete. Mm -hmm. So, I would definitely say that if you feel the urge, I would donate your time or donate your money for Make-A-Wish because they are pretty awesome. So, if you go to wish.org, you can read more about this foundation and uh, donate. Yeah, so it's between ages, I think, like 3 and 17. So if your kid is sick, I would say look into this because it's free. That is my Z for the people. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, girl, we did it. We did it. We did it. Oh, my God. It's incredible. You guys, I love you. Thank you so much for checking in and listening to us because we love you. We love sharing all of our wonderful, random, trivial knowledge with you. It's the best. It is. I love hearing Zenobia break down on all of her theories and conspiracies. It's my favorite time of the week. That one was pretty fun. (laughs) Uh, Are you kidding me? That's my favorite. I love it. Um, you can listen to us, share us. We are out there, everybody. So make sure to pay attention. We're on Player FM, Spotify, Amazon Music. You can listen to us on uh, everywhere that Podbean casts because that's our babe. We love you, Podbean. Um, also, go ahead and email us at Lights Camera Cocktail. No S. Get the S out of here. At gmail.com because that's where we answer all of your fantastic emails. I see you and I'm writing back to all of you and I love you. I'm serious. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Instagram. Check us out. We're on social media. Have fun. We love you all so much. No joke. Thanks for loving film as much as we love film. Thanks for loving weird movie trivia as much as we love it. Send us your close encounters because that's what Zenobia lives for. Oh my God, give us all of that fun, adorable little hello and highs and goodbyes. Thank you so much for checking in. I love you, Zenobia. Thanks for drinking with me tonight. Thank you for drinking with me, girl. (laughs) This is a fun movie. I'm really glad that we chose this. We chose it for our first animated feature, but definitely not our last. So please stick tuned and give us some suggestions of what Disney or Pixar movie you want to see next. Maybe we'll do... (gasps) uh, I don't know, the Iron Whole Giant. Oh. oh, or an Iron Giant. I know it's not Disney, but, you know, it's still birds, and I thought that would be a yeah. good one. <laughs> we could do a whole it's new world. Fern Gully. Uh, there's so many animated films that you and I could go deep into. I mean, 
Oh, my God. And it doesn't have to be DreamWorks. It sounds like a great club. <laughs> I know. I love that. I met a, I met a guy at DreamWorks. <laughs> mm, yeah, totally. I see it. Totally. <laughs> Fanboy.com. We made it. Thank you for listening to us. And <laughs> we will be back next week with the all-new episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Mr. Incredible. 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 <laughs> Finding the bad guys. Pow, pow, pow. pow.